Just a slight disclaimer, so this episode does cover a few topics that might be triggering to some, so we go over some discussion about sexual assault, rape, and it might be triggering to some listeners, so please just go into this knowing that we are going over those topics and be mindful. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch the movie Promising Young Woman. My name is Erica, and today I have with me Holly. Hello. What you drinking, Holly? I am drinking a mango truly lemonade. Nice. Thanks. Also here with us today is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Michelob Ultra Cucumber Lime Seltzer. And how are we doing with your new dye job? I'm loving it. It looks great. Also with us today is... Are you is, with her? I am, because her hair looks phenomenal. I just keep staring at it. Also with us today, as you heard his voice already, is Mr. Kyle Callie. Hello, Erica. How are you? I am good. How are you? Where are my watermelon seeds, you bitch? I'm sorry. I forgot just them. I, this is the third time that I forgot them. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Michelob Ultra Seltzer Peach Pear. Ooh, support my 401k. Ooh, Thank you. Yes, it's refreshing as fuck. And... Our brand new guest, who is the mainstay of the OG $20 ticket, we have today with us, Mr. Kerwin. What's up? What's <laughs> going on, V-Team? Uh, honestly, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a guest, but I'm thrilled that you guys would honor me by letting me... Uh, be the first guest. Oh, yes. Oh, oh no, actually, no, no, no. no we, I'm have, this, we have Veronica. Yeah. Y'all have Veronica. Veronica's the homie. So I'll be uh, the first A-team guest, I guess you could say. It's a crossover that everybody wanted. Truly, yeah. yeah. It's like Endgame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the multiverse. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> definitely happy to be here with y'all today. Great to have I'm you. stoked it's this movie, though. Me too. I'm Honestly, really excited. I think so. We really needed some. We needed some uh, different perspectives. We did. We did. Uh, do you want to tell us what you're drinking? Or are you good? Um, yeah, I never get to tell anybody what I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am drinking. Uh, I got two beverages with me. I got a Coors Light and I have a, a Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer Spicy Pineapple. That's what I got today. Spicy. I don't know. Spicy. Can't taste it. Yeah. Yeah, you really can't. Yeah. Well, we'll write to Ultra. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Alrighty, so Promising Young Woman was a black comedy thriller film released in 2020, written, produced, and directed by Emerald Fennell, starring Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Alison Brie, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, Laverne Cox, and Connie Britton. Alright, so we are going to start off with our experience of this movie. Holly, go first. So, truth, this is full disclosure. I saw trailers for this movie for a while. Right. And it looked like something that was extremely on brand for me. So I was like, thank you, algorithm. And when it first came out, it cost money. Yes. And so that was my major... How much money? No, it was... Kyle. There was was a major deterrent (laughs) to the point of entry, shall we say. So I was waiting until it came on a streaming service where it would be free. And it never did. (laughs) And it never did. So we were talking about which movie to pick for this. And I said, this will be an excuse for me to, you know do it. Granted, I would have had a couple glasses of wine and watched it anyway, but it was something that I thought would be interesting to kind of explore because I watched the trailer for it and I was like, this looks really good. I like Carrie Mulligan. I liked her in Great Gatsby. Right. Um, so my first time watching it, I watched it two nights ago and I, I mean, I have some things to say and I'm glad that we chose this movie because I think we can have a really good conversation around it. But yeah, my first time seeing it was two nights ago. Nice. Elizabeth? I saw it earlier this week. Um, we had 
again discussed which movie we were going to do for the B Team podcast. And as usual, Jason has to watch the movies I'm supposed to watch for the podcast, and I end up watching the ones that he's supposed to watch for the podcast. So this one, he, I think maybe, I don't know if we looked at the trailer, but maybe just like the cover, the movie like poster, and he was like, uh, I don't know. And then he's like, look it up on Rotten Tomatoes. And then after he saw those numbers, he was like, okay, I'll watch it with you. So yes, we watched it together and it was good night. I would, I'm like curious to know how he, I know <laughs> how he thought about it. Like I want to, I should wanted, bring an extra credit scene with the couples. Cause Eric was very, very upset about this movie. T- TJ was as well. He was pretty traumatized. He was triggered. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's, a, he's a male. So <laughs> Kyle. So I had a pretty similar experience to Holly where I kind of saw the trailers moving, going around, um, but I actually did end up buying it, paid the full $20. Oh, you bought it, bought <laughs> I, it. I bought it oh. when it came out. Tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich. <laughs> it's got money. It's got um, money. But yeah, so I, I originally saw the trailers. I thought that it was going to be an interesting movie, and I heard that there was a lot of Oscar buzz kind of surrounding it. So I bought it when it came out maybe earlier this year or last year, and the rest is history. Nice. Worth it, though. Kerwin? Uh, my experience with the movie, I had remember, or I remembered. Uh, Kyle brought it up uh, like a long time ago, because yeah. um, I, I always keep like a little notes thing on my iPhone and a notes app, and I always write down movies or TV that people tell me like, oh, you should watch this, this and that. And I remember Kyle telling me like, oh, like have you heard of Promising Young Woman? And I was like, no, I never heard of it. And then you know, a couple months goes by, and I see it on my IG feed because you know, Zuckerberg's listening, and <laughs> so yeah. I so I bookmarked it in my. Uh, movies uh, bookmark section and then uh, uh, we brought it up again when we were hanging out a couple weeks ago when you guys decided to uh, make this the movie and as soon as you guys said that I was like yo I want to be on this because like this has kind of been on my list for for like a good year so I was like you know what what better time to hang out with y'all finally for the first time and then to watch this movie Um, but uh, I watched it this morning at uh, 6 a.m. Oh yeah, I woke up, woke up at 6 a.m. and watched That's this. That's part movie. of waking up. <laughs> <laughs> Promising young woman in your cup. Yeah, um, yeah. This, uh, uh, you know, I'm not gonna spoil my trash or treasure, but I really did. Uh, I really did like this movie, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. But uh, looking forward to talking with y'all about it. And um, yeah, that's my experience. My experience with it was I watched it last night because I'm a procrastinator. Um, I actually watched it after. Eric watched Whiplash, and I was kind of dreading watching it because I was already tired, but I was actually, like, engaged right. and awake. Like, it kept my attention because, obviously, late at night, I just want to pass out. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil my trash and treasure either. I thought it was really good, and, yeah, that was pretty much my experience with it. All right, so, Holly, go ahead and hit us with the financials. Okay, so you have to keep in mind that this movie was meant to be released like a normal movie. Right. However, we know after 2020, nothing was done normally. Um, so Promising Young Woman had its world premiere at Sundance, January 25th, 2020, directly before the pandemic. I barely made it. Right. And it was theatrically, and I put theatrically in quotes, released on Christmas of 2020 um, into like streaming services. So I think all of us purchased it via you know, Apple or Amazon or things like that. Um, so domestic box office, it made six, a little over six million. Um, international box office, it made 9.7 million. So for a total of 16.2 million worldwide, which considering that it was a streaming release is pretty impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
right? So this was kind of like the time where obviously no one was going to movie theaters. So I think that this kind of pushed it to greater heights because people were at home. People were, you know, just basically watching movies, streaming, because we really had nothing else to do. Yeah. This was released in Christmas 2020? Mm-hmm. Theatrically? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but, but I feel like I fell into the thing of like, I've, everything I've watched is free, like on streaming, because I right. pay for Netflix, I have HBO Max, I have Disney Plus, I have Hulu, like just with various promotional deals. And so I was like, why would I pay for something? <laughs> like, I already pay for all of these different services. Like, why would I pay additional money to rent it? And, you know, because I always thought, like, in a couple months it'll be free. So, same with the whole like paying for shipping thing. It's like, yeah. right. <laughs> you get roped that? in because Amazon Prime has ruined you ever paying for right. shipping again. 100%. But I read somewhere that it kind of hurt them to not have it in theaters because this was the type of movie that you wanted like the crowd's reaction to right. where you wanted to be sitting next to somebody when you saw it for the first time. Oh, so they thought that it might have like taken away some of their profits because it wasn't able to be released in that format where you were like in a crowd. I would die to be in a theater and see this movie. Like, just the women, just like, yes. And then the men, like, what the fuck? Like, I would, I, I would kill to have that experience. Like, not kill. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to killing people. I wish there was some killing. But. Yeah. I was actually kind of annoyed that I had to pay $5.99 for it because, like you said, you have all these streaming services and then you pay $20 for it or whatever. And I was like, $5.99? Are you freaking kidding me? Because all our other movies are, what, $2.99, right. $3.99? But I'm actually glad I paid $5.99 for it. But we'll get to that. So we know she's not giving it a five. <laughs> at least We're not, $5.99. At least $5.99. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Elizabeth, hit us with the ratings. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, 90% of critics liked this movie with 394 votes, 355 gave it a fresh rating, and 39 gave it a rotten rating with an average rating of 8.1 out of 10. The audience score was 88%, so pretty similar scores. Do you all agree with that rating? I thought it'd be higher, honestly. I thought it'd be higher too because I know it was nominated for like Best Picture, so I thought it'd be a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like that's pretty high, considering like some of the other movies that we've talked about, like ninety percent and eighty-eight percent. You don't really. Do see we that. know what the lowest-rated movie that we've covered on this podcast has been? For like Rotten Tomatoes. I think so too. Cause that really? One atrocious. <laughs> no, I think because it's violent. When the best part of the movie is Jessica Biel's abs, you probably have an issue. I mean, do we know what the? Do you know? No. We <laughs> should look into that. We should look into that. Okay, someone I, research I, that while we're here. I feel like Crowan may be on it. So the 88% means that 88% of the audience gave it a 3.5 or higher. Um, The average rating was 4.3 out of 5 with over 500 votes. Uh, IMDb has it at a 7.5 out of 10 with over 112,000 votes. Jesus. A critic quote that I liked um, was from Matthew Bond from The Mail on Sunday in UK. He said, this is one of the most watchable and darkly entertaining films you'll see all year. And I truly agree with that. I agree. All right, Kyle, hit us with the behind the scenes. Of course. Lovely. So the film stars Carrie Mulligan as a young woman haunted by her traumatic past as she navigates balancing forgiveness and vengeance. Oh, my God. Plagiarism? (laughs) So (laughs) it was uh, written, directed and produced by Emerald Fennell. Uh, Emerald Fennell came up with the concept of the film in 2017, and she sold the script to Margot Robbie's 
a production company which is called Lucky Chap Entertainment. And that was after pitching the opening scene in which Cassie surprises a potential rapist by dropping her drunken act. Uh, so the scene that they're talking about is basically in the beginning where she's, you know, kind of drunk and then... Seth she, Cohen? Yes, exactly. Fuck you, Seth Cohen. <laughs> That's all I kept saying. I was like, don't do it. Don't be a nice guy. Come on. <laughs> Seth Cohen was a good guy. Right. But it was... Not until movie, he no. wasn't. No, no, like, not, not in this oh, movie. Not Seth oh, Cohen in general. That's what I was talking about. Going. Right, but like the that entire scene, it was crazy to me because I definitely wasn't expecting it. I thought she was actually drunk. Me too. And then when the moment she said, "What are you doing?" in that dead sober voice, it like it got to me. Like, what were you guys' thoughts? I agree because I thought she was hammered because I've seen, unfortunately, as a female, I have seen multiple girls in bars and clubs that are like that, and you know, it's kind of a sobering moment in itself. Right. To know that this. Or not to know, because we know this shit happens, but for it to finally be, like, exposed that right. this shit happens. Totally. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's also, like, you see guys that are that wasted, and it's not an issue. Mm. Sometimes it is, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just amazing to me that pretty much they pitched the she pitched the movie just from that scene, and then based off that, the uh, co-founder of the production company basically said... Whatever the rest is, we want to do it. So, I yeah. mean, it, it kind of shows what kind of pull or what kind of uh, you know impact that scene had. So Margot Robbie was tempted to play Cassie, but she felt that might be the kind of Cassie that people would expect. Uh, but we, she wanted to see Carrie in the role because we just didn't have to see her do this, what she said. She brings gravitas to it. So had Margot Robbie pl- did play the role, what do you guys think would be different about it or would you think would be changed? Um, so, I mean, this is kind of getting into my trash or treasure, but like the entire movie, and I'm not going to go too much into this, but the entire movie um, is very graphic novel-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the entire movie, I'm just like, this is what I wish the Harley Quinn movie was. Right. Um, and then, you know, after I'm finished with the movie, writing my notes down and whatnot, I go on Wikipedia and I'm like, oh, it's produced by Margot Robbie. And I'm just like, well, there you go. Story checks out. Yeah, and there's, there's going to be a bunch of stuff I'll bring up, but like that is, that is one thing I thought like, as, as I was watching this. But I, I actually do like the actress that does play the lead. I, I actually do like her in this movie a lot. Did anyone get um, Britney Spears vibes from her? Like in certain like, costumes that Cassie was wearing? Like the nurse costume? No, no, no. <laughs> no the one where she was... Uh, her boyfriend saw her before he was dating her with the oh, other guy. Oh, with the with the high pony, right. yeah, with or the terrible like, weave. Yeah, she okay. also had like that bow look too. We're gonna get there, Holly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, where no. she had her lipstick smeared. Yeah, yeah, free Britney by there the way. There was. It's kind of one of those things where I think of Margot Robbie being almost like because we were talking about Carrie Mulligan and right. how she just looks like she's weathered a storm, and right. not not to say that she's a beautiful woman, but in this movie, she's she really like embodies like. I how I feel like I would look if this happened to my best friend or like my childhood friend and so I think of it as like if Margot Robbie was this role she's just too pretty to do it and then I think about like one of the prettiest people in my opinion Charlize Theron oh yeah who did monster Monster, and so I'm like she could have she could have bodied this role but that train wreck and there actually was a lot of controversy kind of surrounding Mulligan playing her because Essentially, Variety magazine, they did a review of the movie, and one of the critics said, Mulligan, a fine actress, seems a bit of an odd choice as an admittedly many-layered apparent femme fatale. Margot Robbie is a producer here, and one can perhaps too easily imagine the role might once have been intended for her, whereas this star, Cassie, wears her pickup bait gear like a bad dr- like bad drag. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Even in her long blonde hair, it seems like a put-on. So essentially, he's saying... 
that she basically wasn't attractive enough, I guess. She's not pretty enough to play this role. And it's like, she is pretty though. What are we doing? Like that is so not okay. Okay. That should have been in a fucking movie with these microaggressions. (laughs) Like this is exactly what the movie is about. Right. And I think it's just, it's stupid to kind of look at it at the lens of, oh, Margot Robbie was supposed to play this because she didn't. And, right. you know, I think that Carrie Mulligan did a great job with it. I think she did, too. I don't... Sorry to cut you off, but I watching the movie, I think um, Carrie Mulligan right. did a great job. I don't think I would have liked Margot Robbie. Yeah, it's almost like... almost She's almost too perfect looking, but yeah, I agree that obviously people have layers and everything, but I just think it's stupid because if it was any other male... Let's say a male-driven movie they wouldn't be talking about the Right, they wouldn't be like, Robert Downey Jr. is fine, but it could have been, you know, this person, right. you know, to really play this role. Yeah, like, not, she's not pretty enough, so it should have been this person. Right? Yeah, that's, uh, it's kind of effed up. Oh, it's very effed up. This um, is exactly the movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's only proving the point. Yeah, it is exactly the movie, and it is proving the point, and I think, um, you know, we, we talked about this at length with um, a lot of the recent movies we've done where, like, certain actresses weren't brought in because they weren't, you know, widely considered attractive enough, or, you know, when we did the Marvel movies and we were talking about how, uh, you know, female uh, actors get cast, and it's just like, oh, she doesn't look strong enough. She doesn't look this. She doesn't look that. And I'm like, have y'all seen the dudes before they joined Marvel? Right. They were yeah. like skinny skateboard kids, and now they look like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1985. It's just like, <laughs> oh, not it's current just, day. Like, yeah. have we not seen Chris Evans before he got the super serum? So it's right. it's funny that, and this also ties into a lot of what is in this movie. Um, that you know the excuses that are made for males versus uh, females that have to be perfect the moment they set foot on stage. You know, and once again, you know, I'm just reiterating what you guys said, but like proving the movie right, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think we're at such a place in Hollywood too, because Kate Winslet just came out and said something like she just did that HBO series and East she Maritime. was like, I wanted to keep my wrinkles, I wanted to keep my belly, like I wanted to keep all of that. I right. wanted to be like an authentic woman that like lived in this town. And the director kept like should we cut this? You know, it's not the best angle. It's not the best lighting. She was like, keep it in. Right. Like women raw. need to see a, but that's like, real, real life. representations Look of women. Look at my cellulite thighs Yeah, over here. right. Like, and that's what I'm saying. You want to see somebody with a belly. You want to see somebody with wrinkles because that's literally what happens to you as you age. Like, yeah. It's funny you bring that up because um, once again, talking about kind of, you know, getting more meta with, uh, you know, the perspectives on this movie, as well as uh, women's roles in Hollywood in general, you know, in contrast to men's roles. Um, we praise people like uh, Christian Bale for gaining weight right. for a role, playing uh, Dick Cheney and, pl- you know, being an American hustle. We praise men for putting on weight and looking unattractive, yeah. but like a woman can't even be herself or if she just wants to keep her natural appearance, it's just like we have to critique every aspect of it, Absolutely. no matter no matter what they look like, no matter what the role requires. There is one outfit that they're they're all supposed to wear, but when it comes to males, it's like, you know, we're praised for putting on eighty pounds for a role, or we're praised for looking emaciated, you know, the very next role and jeopardizing our health and all that other shit. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said these writers are proving the yeah. movie's point. And it's really just a double standard. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the film production crew deliberately chose male actors who previously played characters known for their quote-unquote good or wholesome to oh. reinforce the idea that the Predators can be anyone. That so makes sense. Obviously, we have Adam Brody, who was Seth in The O.C. We have Christopher Mintz-Plass, who was McLovin in Superbad. Uh, Max Greenfield, who was Schmidt from The New Girl. And Bo Burnham, who's just an overall great guy. I... <laughs> 
I was literally telling you guys before we started recording this, in my notes, it's like, God damn it, Seth Cohen. Like, that was one. And then it was fucking McLovin. Like, and then it was... Not you too, Schmidt. Like, and I was, I was very heated about the the things that they chose. But it was not. It was honestly like, and this is one of my tra- like, not to get into trash or treasure, but I love this idea that they're playing with like good people, right. like quote yeah. unquote, like I'm a good guy. Right. Like guys want good girls. Like I loved like hearing you say that. I'm like, thank you because I'm like Seth Cohen. You like you can't do that. Right. Like I was. Do you think Nick Levin's also kind of creepy though? Yeah. I can't take him. The thing about okay, the thing about that character is I'm sorry, he will always be McLovin yeah. to yeah. me. So him doing lines of coke, like I get what they were trying to do, but I'm like, bro, you just got your Hawaiian ID like <laughs> three weeks ago. Come on. I did the same thing. I got like frustrated with not McLovin, like you right. can't but I think it's supposed to put you in the position of like what people do right. when you hear about people like he couldn't have possibly have exactly. done that. Exactly. And it's like, thousand I got mind fucked by this movie. Like, yeah. I didn't realize that they were putting you in that position to be like, not him. Like, he couldn't. Right. But was, that's what people do. They come to the no, defense exactly, yeah. of these, like... Basically rape sympathizers. Yeah. yeah. It's well, crazy. It, it's like, what's her name? Madison in this movie. Yeah. She was like, oh, she was drunk. They, okay, I need you to calm yeah. the fuck down real quick. Exactly. People get drunk. They don't deserve to be raped. Exactly. But, no, when um, the video part came out... Mm-hmm and you hear Ryan's uh, voice, I literally screamed. Right. And Eric was like, <laughs> like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Ryan? You too? Like, uh, it yeah. was truly heartbreaking Pissed. because they did such a good job of making us kind of fall in love with Ryan's character. I loved him. Yeah, and like it's... That's, I mean, that's something in my trash. It was, trash yeah, like, it was I, truly I, a mindfuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as accolades go, this movie got a lot of really prominent awards and it did really well kind of during the award season. Uh, but essentially during the Academy Awards, it was nominated for five different Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. Um, it ended up winning the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Um, in total, it was nominated for a total of 169 awards and Jesus. it won 109. So wow. yeah, it cleaned up. Should we go to fun facts? Yeah, go to fun facts. So a few fun facts that we have for the movie. Um, one that I found to be pretty interesting is the title is likely a reference to the to Brock Turner, also known <gasps> as the Stanford University rapist. Do not uh, get me started on Brock <laughs> motherfucker. I was about Turner. to say this right. whole thing just reminded me right. of that. So, I even wrote that down in my notes. I was like Brock Turner vibes. Yeah. Like, so essentially, I didn't think that. What I happened? Did. So but I, now it makes sense. Sorry. So, so Sorry. essentially, <laughs> what happened is in 2016, uh, he was convicted of sexual assault, and the judge sentenced him to only six months in prison on the basis that he was quote unquote a promising young man so <gasps> it definitely I got chills <laughs> you do fuck that you guy you guys don't remember this yeah. no I, I don't do. remember this I'm, I'm now yeah, well, yeah oh no, my god no I was all coming back to me like a Celine Dion song yes it's, it's all, all coming back to me now when the wind was so cold. okay to start out when you touch me like this like, let's not <laughs> oh I'm sorry. okay like that was consent yes, yes consent it was. men can, learn consent <laughs> can I just say I made a Celine Dion reference at work this week. We just went back to the office this week. No one got it. I'm teaching one of the other designers how to get back into the mode of reloading the printer. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting this, but now that I'm here, you know, it's all coming back to me now. And he's just like, yeah. And it's just like, you know, like Celine Dion. He's just like, no, I don't really listen to Celine Dion. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I, and I raise my hands and I'm like, nobody. Damn it. Nobody. And I'm just like, Damn where, it. where's the B team? This is why you're our people. Yeah. You're your this people. This is why you wanted to be on this. Yeah. Okay. Fun fact. 
sorry to cut y'all off, but uh, Celine Dion now has a residency at Resorts World in Las Vegas. We We're all going. <laughs> not Corinne, a, Corinne, Corinne's shimmying. Not a dry We're eye going. in house. Not Holly a dry penny in house. Eyelashes off. Here's a, here's a fun fact. I cried my eyelashes off before the concert started. I was yeah. just happy just to be there. Just in anticipation. I was just happy to be there. I said, you guys, no matter what happens tonight, I fucking found God in the Celine Dion concert. <laughs> God in that chilies with our tall cans. <laughs> um, another fun fact that I found super interesting as well is the words rape and sexual assault are not spoken in the film at all. So obviously they, an oh. incident, exactly the incident, or they basically just use context clues to kind of put things together so that you have to put things together. But they did never not. Say you might remember that. a situation. Exactly. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I was like, call it what it is. Like that's my biggest thing is like when people call something a sexual assault, I'm like, no, it's rape. Right. Like, Call me by my name. <laughs> Rape. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. We should probably put like a trigger warning in the beginning of this episode. Yes, please, please. <laughs> there should be a trigger warning. I'm laughing only because I'm like. Because we're very uncomfortable. Yeah, we're very uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, so another fun fact, so Chris Lowell, who plays Al Monroe, and Max Greenfield, who plays Joe, both co-starred in the series Veronica Mars. What? And incidentally, the premise of Veronica Mars is about a girl initially trying to solve the murder of her best friend while also coping with her own sexual assault. So there's some parallels there. That's pretty wow. interesting. I never saw Veronica Mars, but that's good to know. In an interview, Emerald Fennell said that Carrie Mulligan was, a, was very nervous about having to act drunk and because that's notoriously something that's very difficult to do. Uh, but Fennel reminded her that she wasn't actually acting drunk, but rather she was playing a character that was sober, pretending to be drunk. So it didn't need to be perfect. Uh, so essentially this helped Mulligan relax, and Fennel was quick to point out that her drunk act acting was actually really good. I mean, it's not that hard to act drunk. I, I think it is, though. I think it is. Like, I, think I really there, think it is. There are like, certain, like intricacies about being drunk that you, you only can do if you are drunk. That's what I'm saying. Like, think about it. Like, when you look at videos of you when you've been drinking and, like, if you were to be like, Holly, act drunk, like, I would honestly, like, mimic what I think was drunk. I'd be like, meh, 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 slurring, like, words, yeah. slurring my words, like, hunching my body. But then when I look at videos of me, I'm vivacious. <laughs> you are phenomenal. I am twerking on tables. Ball, I am kickball changing <laughs> You are a star. Like, I, no, but it's it's one of those things, it's like, you, you, you you say Kyle, act drunk. Kyle's not gonna pull out an onion and eat it. Like, <laughs> okay, that is, that he is. does that sober. What are you talking about? Inside joke, yes. When I was drunk one time, I may have bitten into a raw onion. I'm not saying bitten into it. You, I would like, I would you never use the word onion. chomp in casual conversation, but I would, I would clarify that as a I'll chomp. definitely say that the onion was seeping out of my pores for maybe a day or two. Mm. So it wasn't a great experience. Shower next time, it'll be fine. Like I totally thought that was a Shrek reference before you came <laughs> No. <laughs> Poor Elizabeth We're and her Shrek. We're always trying to Shrek, Shrek reference. Less. Yeah. Shrek's, Shrek's, Shrek's first, or Shrek's, Elizabeth's first Shrek experience was fucked up. <laughs> um, I only say, okay, I work in the beer industry. I have acted drunk a lot to get out of situations to be like oh i'm drunk stop feeding me booze and this goes into the whole trash and treasure or like not trash and treasure I'm you sorry, are like, carrie mulligan <laughs> like experiences and whatnot because i deal with a lot of uncomfortable men right who hit on me who say shit to me because i am in this industry i'm in bars all the time and whatnot and yeah, I, I kind of am a Carrie Mulligan where I'm like, oh, I'm drunk. And then they like say something to me. I'm like, okay, don't fucking touch me. 
all of a sudden. You know, so I feel like I can act drunk just because I hate to say it, this is the industry I'm in. Like, not to sidetrack or anything, but there's this whole thing in the craft beer industry right now where this lady is um, exposing all these men who have assaulted, raped, made women feel uncomfortable. So this movie like brought all that back, like not me personally, thank God, but like all these stories that these women face in this industry. So this resonates throughout any type of job, any type of career. I don't know if Holly and Big Tobacco, if you experienced that, but liquor store owners are notorious right. for being fucking creeps. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm like, it's true because you work in alcohol, I work in tobacco, and it's just like when I go into like smoke shops or convenience stores or liquor stores or anywhere where like tobacco is sold, like when I was in my old role as a woman, you navigate that role very differently than a man would. Yeah. And it's just the things that are said to you, the things that, like, I've had somebody try to kiss me on the mouth. I've had somebody try to drag me into a back room. I've had the most inappropriate things that you wouldn't want to say to someone's daughter said to me. Like, mm-hmm. And it's just I have to take it with a smile a lot of the time because it is, you know, a sales role and a customer service role. And it's just, you know, I, I've fortunately always had really good bosses who have always been like, if anybody makes you feel uncomfortable, get yourself out of the situation. We never want you in danger. And so I've always been very fortunate in that effect, but I know other females, you know, in other industries that don't have that luxury that just have to take it and, and go a male dominated industry. So us females deal with a lot of bullshit. Right. So for another interesting fact is the original ending for the film was actually supposed to be where they were burning her body and then it would just cut to the credits. <gasps> yeah. So <laughs> What? Yes. Girl, girl almost choked. Girl yeah. almost choked. So that was the original ending and it's super dark. Stop. And literally that was it. What? Okay, what if the movie ended that way? I exactly. would have lit everything on fire. Zero dollars. Like I would have been so pissed. I would have written a strongly worded letter. Emerald Fennel, you you, you bitch. bitch. What, no. What's what's Margaret Robbie's a uh, um, production company? Lucky one Lucky Robbie, what's your lucky Gmail? Because I'm about to blow that Yo, shit up. Real talk, like if the movie ended there. I would have canceled this episode. Right. <laughs> like, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't even be talking That's about this over. movie. It's canceled. It's done. You know, I guess the producers of the film actually share the same sentiment as us because I guess when they were doing some early kind of screenings of the movie, they said it was way too dark if it ended like that and it was just way too sad. There's no so, vengeance there. Exactly. So they actually also had an alternate ending where essentially she actually ended up going to the wedding and killing all of the people that were... I would have loved that. So basically... That's what we wanted. We wanted blood. It's Kill Bill, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, I would love that. They scrapped that idea because they figured that it was just going to be too unrealistic, essentially. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I can see that. So I think the the ending that they ended up with, I think it was kind of beautiful. I think it's... Poetic. Poetic, yeah. Poetic justice. Exactly. I think that it was kind of the right way to end it, and it definitely kind of served the message that I was trying to give. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. That's all I have. Holly, let us know your trash and treasure. I feel like we were kind of noodling on this before we started this episode, and and trying to find trash in this was, like, pretty difficult. So this is me really nitpicking and getting down to, like, basics. But number one was her wearing the white stockings walking on mud. Yes, (laughs) yes, 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 yes. Did it make you uncomfortable? I had a react. I was just like, ooh, girl. 
Like I just I kept cringing like just because white on mud it bothered me. That wasn't a trash for me, but now it is. <laughs> <laughs> it just it bo- I was like, why do you take off your flats? Like I understand like having flats and heels. I'm a girl. I know we 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 transition between the two, but like walking barefoot in white stockings <laughs> up a muddy hill like it just didn't make sense to me. My second trash, Molly Shannon. Molly and Shannon was in that movie. Yes. She, okay, so okay, I'm sorry, like. I, I'm here for Molly Shannon, and I'm here for the cast. Like this is one of my it treasures. Was like stacked. Cast. The, the cash. The, the the cash is stacked. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 sorry. Did I just not realize she was Molly Shannon? Okay, it's so there's ne- it's one mom. scene right. where, and this is the this is the scene that I'm alluding to. Um, oh, okay, okay, no. So it's yeah, one yeah, scene. Yeah. Um, so Molly Shannon, like this this cast is stacked, like. Connie Britton, Molly right. Shannon, like every Jennifer Coolidge. Alfred are you Molina. joking? Our girl of Doc Ock. Cox. Our girl of Vern Cox. That's what like, Eric said. He was like, "That's Doc Ock." Also, fun fact: he wasn't credited for the movie. He wasn't in the end credits at all. Why did they do that? Why did they not credit people in movies? So I'm gonna pay him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Is that why? Maybe he was so passionate about the project, he just didn't want to like, be women. Yeah, yeah, because uh, usually, usually when you you may be like a, a bigger star, or you might be higher on the payroll or something, or you want to do somebody a favor and yeah. be in their movie, um, you you go uncredited so as to not distract from the rest of the cast's right. performances. Pull a John Candy and earn less than the pizza guy in Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. That was my That's favorite. That's a callback to uh, Home, Alone, Home Alone, which we also yes, reviewed. Thank you. Check it out on uh, all streaming services. <laughs> but but anyway, so getting back to Molly Shannon, like I felt like the scene was necessary, but I just felt like her acting in it. I don't know if it's just me not being able to to separate her from her superstar days superstar. and trying to put her in like a serious role. But when I look at it for what the scene is, to me, I was like, this is just bad acting. Cause she was like, move on for all of us. And then like dramatically turns around and like goes in the house as as she's like sipping a drink. I agree. But I mean, it's like move on for all of us after your best friend dies. You know what I mean? So it was just, my mother would never say that to you. (laughs) Your mother would be like, avenge her death. Give me receipts. I'll direct deposit you after the mission is done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is kind of a trash and this is kind of a treasure. Um, the microaggressions in this movie, like, and I just made notes of them throughout the entire movie. Let's hear them. It, it's one of those things that it's like, I find people saying them and I roll my eyes and I know that I'm like a hyper feminist and so it comes out, but it's just like, when they're talking at the beginning of the movie, it just reminds me because I work, you know, for Fortune 2 in our company, which is oftentimes like, it's in a transition, but it's oftentimes a good old boys club. Right. And it's just like, they're looking at this woman who is intoxicated and it's like, they put themselves in danger. They're asking for it. I'm trying to find another one. She um, was dressed that way. She deserved it. Yeah. Did you see yeah. the way that she was dressed? Like, that's... Well, it's like, and it's like her friend when they go to lunch, she was crying wolf. Yes. Like that, oh, that, that whole thing. Like got me. if she was drinking, none of us want to admit when we made a bad choice, like all of those things. And so it's just, I thought it was really enlightening because I would, I would love to show every man walking this planet, this movie, just to be like, this is a standard that you set for people, but it's so unrealistic because yeah. if you want to be the cool girl, then you're chugging beers with the guys. But then if you get too drunk, then you're asking for yeah. it and you want women to show their bodies, but if they're showing too much, then they're asking for it. So it's just like this unreachable. And I'm just like, I was, I was just watching this movie. Just like, yes, yes. I've heard that. I've seen that. I've experienced that. Yes, yes, yes. And so it's for me, it's just like preaching to the choir, but it's like, I want more people to, to watch this movie and feel the things that I felt. Yeah. I think it really just did a great job kind of 
painting the female experience. Yeah. I don't think a movie in recent time has ever done that. Right. No, authentically. It's not like Bridesmaids. It's not like, you know, Ghostbusters. It's not any, it's like, (laughs) it's saying. Ghostbusters, the the remake. (laughs) Also starring Kristen Wiig. No, but I'm saying like, those are hailed as, and like even Captain Marvel, they're hailed as like female movies. But is it really like encapturing the experience that we have navigating society? This is like realistic shit. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Not um, all this are Captain Marvel. <laughs> there was one that really like bothered me on like to where one eye got smaller than the other and it was twitching. <laughs> Which for me, if you've seen my eyes, see it, was, it was very, <laughs> it's very hard to do. But when they kept saying like we were kids. Yeah. And oh. when you think about the context of them being in medical school mm-hmm. and you think about, you know, undergrad, you typically graduate 21, 22, 23. Medical school is four years. Right. You're a full grown adult. You are 24, <laughs> 25. You are not a kid. Yeah. yeah. You are not a child. You are a cognizant adult. You know right from wrong. And that's like, that was the one that like really bothered me. Um, and my final trash is... Feminists more likely to do anal. <laughs> I okay okay sorry. Let, let's I that. was going to ask about ask because okay, I'm not as hardcore of a feminist as Elizabeth and Holly are, or Kyle I, or Kyle. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you say that, but I feel like I have conversations with you and you you are. But you just no, I am. I am. Don't outwardly admit. All feminists is, is wanting equality for women. That's no, and that's true, and that's true. But I'm also the type of person. Please, no one none of these females at this table throw anything at me, I would gladly be a trophy wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's because you're lazy, not because yeah. you're anti <laughs> You bitch, don't out me. Uh, but no, so... But that's your choice. And that's right. what I'm saying. It's and like I think that's point. part of feminism as it is today is kind of like, we don't shit on anybody. Like, right. you, that's the, yeah, that's that's the beauty that's of it. Is, it's 2021 and you get to choose. If you want to yeah. be a trophy wife, cool. I'm kind of jealous, but cool. <laughs> if, right. if you want to be, you know, a working woman, great. If you want to be a stay-at-home mom, great. Like, if you want to you breastfeed to your kids pick. and you don't want to, fuck you it. Like, you're a And yeah. we should all be, like, supportive of each other in that. Absolutely. So no, like, no, and I agree. I agree. Um, but, no, sorry. The whole feminist like to do anal. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid I mean, to say because all bitches like to do <laughs> anal. What? <laughs> <laughs> all, all, blanket no, okay, statement. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't, don't. Put it on that one specific thing, yeah. and I know it's a joke in the movie, and I know it's for laughs, but like, I feel that's hindering something too. Is are, anyone else feel that way, or am yeah. I just? Well, no. I mean, it's just—it's just like you want to own your body, you want to yeah. own your sexuality. And it's like, no, I just want to get paid the same rate as the dude that's doing the exact same exactly. job as I me. I feel like it's. I, but not, everybody should have sexual freedom. If you want to do that, that's what I'm saying. That. That's what I'm like, saying. I feel like it's—it's it's a negative thing that they were trying to portray. Yeah. Am I crazy? Did anyone else think that was negative? Because no, that's what I, I think felt. It was, I think you cast that in your mind as you're watching this like friend that literally dismissed a rape accusation right. as crying wolf. Yeah. And her saying all these outlandish things. And I think you just file it under check another microaggression we're attacking feminists now yeah. like we're doing this but, and like, that's what i'm saying is i felt like it was very wrong yeah to say like that's just what i'm trying to get at it's actually inaccurate <laughs> <laughs> it's for laughs but i'm like I well know. fuck you can't just 
hinder people's sexual freedoms now. And if they want to do anal, all of a sudden, oh, it's only feminist. Because I've met some non-feminist bitches that like their little booty hole tickled. So all (laughs) y'all can calm down. So um, I'm looking at this line, you know, in the larger context of the movie. And um, we talk about how, you know, college guys, they love feminists. You know, they want, you know, uh, they want the girl that's free thinking, free spirited. So they say. Yeah. And that's and that's the whole point of that line in the movie. It's like they love uh, they love a feminist until they want to settle down. Well, yeah, there's also that. Yes. But also um, they love feminism in general uh, as far as it benefits them. Absolutely. So and that's and that's where the whole anal thing comes from. It's just like because women, you know, modern contemporary women are more free to express their uh, sexuality, you know, without any sort of societal or the lar- or like as large of uh, societal repercussions as there were before. Guys appreciate that not because of the benefits that exist for the women expressing that sexuality, but for the sex that they'll get from those women. And that that was kind of the point of the line. It's just like, oh, I love women's freedom and I love women's rights as long as it benefits me. It's very self-centered. And, and it is it is a very self-centered like uh, women like even women's freedoms are wrapped around male expectation and that's mm-hmm. that's where that that's where that is coming from it's just like i love feminists because they love anal she's like you don't love feminists you just like putting your dick in asses that's right. what you really like you don't really want women to have a voice or be free and that that's where that whole quote comes from and that it that fits into the larger uh scope of the movie is that you know um, men will be all sorts of things and they will be the nice guy they'll be the best friend they'll be all sorts of things as long as it is self-serving and right. you know i'll get into this in my trash don't sorry don't no, mean to good, interrupt but like um you'll see that a lot in this movie is that men will vocalize and attack women throughout the movie for simply uh existing or um standing up to whatever sort of uh malintent is thrown their way like the moment the moment women actually use the opportunity and the freedoms they have attained to defend themselves it becomes defensive or it becomes uh, an all-out offensive you see that with the construction workers that's i'm gonna say that's one of my treasures is like that construction scene where they're a cat calling her like hey baby come over here and then she stares them dead in the face (laughs) and just like stands there and is like and and they're like you're a fucking psycho get out of here like it's yeah like, it's or just when like, she um gets out of her car because she passes out oh my gosh and she bashes the guy's head <laughs> like, the guy that was a bit intense like, that right. that scene like I I don't understand that scene, I don't understand but, it like, either but it goes defending yourself yeah the guy's screaming at her she probably shouldn't have bashed his windows in let's be real but but it, I think it goes but back he to had it come <laughs> he, he only had himself to blame. <laughs> He only had himself yeah. to blame. I think it just—he uh, ran into my knife. He ran into my knife ten times. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just trying to paint the picture of kind of like at what point is your breaking point? You know what I mean? And yeah. I think at that point, that was hers. I think she's yeah. She had a lot going on in her mind at that time because she just passed out, right? Or what yeah. was she doing? I think she just got back from like the principal's office yeah. scene, or like I say That's principal, what it was, but yeah. it's like the, the dean's dean. <laughs> office. Sorry, like, principal's office, kindergarten um, cop. <laughs> no, but she just she just got done pulling that thing with that with yeah. Connie Britton and and her daughter, and like I was like I would be mentally exhausted too after owning someone's life. Right. <laughs> I will say, Kerwin, I could not have said that better myself. Yeah. What you yeah. just said, well said. yeah, hundred percent. This is why we need you. <laughs> I'm like Chingy. I'm only one call away. <laughs> Oh my God. You like it right there. Hey. Did he die? No. no. Biz Marquis died yesterday. No, no, no. Who sings uh, 
no, Ching- Bay. Bay. Hurricane Chris. Yes. He died. He did? I didn't know that. Yeah. Shit. Unfortunately, he died. Damn. Damn. Fox News. Who knew? Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, like not trash or treasure, but this is like a, a fun topic that like I always love to talk about is this whole idea of good. Right. And, you know, it gets into a lot like when she's at the diner scene, it's like all guys want a good girl. And it's like every single time that she pulled the switcheroo with pretending to be drunk and then being sober, it's I'm a good guy. Yeah. You know, and it's it's this whole idea of like good and bad. And if, if you rape somebody, you're a bad person. But even the person that actually raped somebody considered himself a good guy. Yeah. And so it's like what is this idea of good? And so it was neither trash nor treasure. It was just more so like a thinking point. And I think like with a lot of movies that we watch, like it's, it's both sides of the aisle. It's, it's, you, you can be a good person and do terrible things. Exactly. So you can be a terrible person and do good things. Like right. we're all shades of gray. No, no. 50, if you will. <laughs> but 50 shades of promising young woman. Yes. No, but it's just this whole idea of like, you have to be a good person. And it's like, every single person in that movie considered themselves to be a good person. You look at some of these people and you're like, you're an absolute shithead, but they consider themselves to be a good person. And so it's just, it's one of those things that I, I genuinely enjoyed about this movie because this whole idea of like, I'm a good guy. Like I would never do that. And like, and I think the scene that really like culminates that is when Ryan is being questioned by the detective and he kind of totally dismisses everything and it's yeah. like, oh, you know, you're a pediatrician, like obviously you're a good Thank guy. You so Thank you so much. much for what you do. So I yeah. think that kind of encapsulates everything you're saying. 100%. And it's just like, you know what you did. I feel like I'm Lauren Conrad right now with tears streaking down my, you <laughs> know what you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screaming at somebody in a club. <laughs> I want to forgive you and I want to forget you. Exactly. You know what you did. You know what you did. Um, you but getting Pratt. into my treasure. <laughs> Can we just have a moment and acknowledge that stars are blind? Is yes! yes! Bop! I yes. was singing and Eric was like, what are you singing? I was like, Paris Hilton, Bitch, duh! The most underrated pop song oh ever. Actually, her entire album. As much as I wanted, I craved to hate that song. I loved it. It's a bop. It still yeah. stands. And I love Paris Hilton. Bop. She too was also yeah. assaulted, so. Yeah. Fuck. It, no, him, <laughs> him, him nerding out in the drugstore. I was like, I would okay. do the exact same. Vaughn's, that shit comes on the freezer aisle. I'm shimmy. <laughs> Definitely down on it. the Stater like, Bros. Uh, I was, <laughs> it made me download that song. I was iTunes. like adding to Spotify so, playlist as we speak. It was actually super intentional because when they chose that song, they said, what is a song that if a guy knew every single lyric to, you'd automatically fall in love with him? And oh, it was Stars uh, of Blind. So it worked. I just clutched my pearls. <laughs> what would be, okay, what would be your love song? That if a guy knew every single lyric to you, would fall in love, because I already know this answer. I know mine as well. <laughs> Wait, give me a moment, tell me yours. So mine, we kind of talked about it earlier, but it would absolutely be Celine Dion. It's oh. all coming back to me now. <gasps> that song has fucking layers. It is a uh. story. <laughs> it, 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 is, hits. it is honestly an emotional it adventure. a journey. Kyle, I'm so fucking mad, because that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, mine is also a Celine Dion song, but it's not that song. Mine is I Drove All Night. <gasps> to get to, to you. To get to you. <laughs> I like how I know both of those songs, so fuck you. I drove all night. night. No, I'm trying to think. If the best guy, thing, like, I think they use that in like a Toyota commercial or something. Yes. 
They used it as the intro to the Celine Dion concert when they were playing like a montage. And Holly and I are like, we did drive we all did night. We did drive all night. To get to you. <laughs> but not Thanks, to make Celine. love to you in your room because it's very weird. But Celine. I mean, if you're into it. If you're into it. I mean, Celine, I'm always here for you. Celine, let me get some shoes. We got this. No, but Stars Are Blind. Bop. It's and then amazing. Another treasure that I have is the cast. Like I, I touched on it earlier. It's just phenomenal cast. Like Jennifer Coolidge, can we? Oh my god. And I like how she kind of because usually in her movies she's very over the top. Yeah. Robust, but here she I think was so subdued. Very understated. Like, yeah. And I think it was nice kind of seeing a different side of her that we haven't 100%. seen. hundred percent. Yeah. She's got range, honey. She wants a hot dog real um, bad. She bought her daughter a suitcase. <laughs> okay, that is one of my treasures, you jerk. Like I was gonna bring that up. I said the suitcase and I said it with like a question mark and like seven exclamation points again it was great it um, speaks volumes yes it does get the fuck out of um, the house is what it says another treasure that I had was actually Bo Burnham's character I yeah. forget his character name right. but I Ryan liked Ryan Cooper which is name also in the OC Melissa Cooper no yeah Marissa 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 was her dad Ryan oh it was Ryan what was his name then what about Ryan he was Seth Cohen Seth Cohen Marissa Cooper. Yeah. Marissa Cooper. Summer. Summer, whatever. Oh my God, what was Ryan's name? Wait, so, okay, his last name was Cooper? Was In his Was his first name hanging with Mr.? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> also, I just want to point out that uh, Hurricane Chris did not die. My bad for fake news. <laughs> <laughs> the slander you had on his name. He, he actually killed someone, so there's ah. that. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> Instead of losing his life, he took a life. <laughs> Um, but I was going to say, I actually really enjoyed Bo Burnham's character. Yeah. Ryan Atwood. Atwood. Yeah. I was going to say, I really enjoyed Bo Burnham's character because I think there was, he was like a nice guy. Like yeah. he came into the scene, like she spit in his coffee, which is also another one of my treasures. I was like spit in men's coffee, dating advice, <laughs> question mark. Um, but I liked that he wasn't like the perfectly nice guy yeah. if that makes sense like in movies like normally you have these shitheads that are like in direct opposition to the nice guy if you will and so i like as much as i hated this moment because i've actually like experienced this a guy being like oh look we're right next to my apartment right. like and it's like oh funny that like you don't know how to navigate a city like as a woman like i could probably give you some directions you know but I liked that he kind of had that skeezy moment yeah. for him to feel like an authentic character. Like, I, I, as much as I hate the skeeziness and as much as it, it's gross, like, it kind of just made him, it squared him up to me. He's got layers. Sense. He sussed out, if you Did will. it, so I'm just going to ask this now because I was going to bring that up as part of Trash, I think. Yeah. Um, when that happened, what were your thoughts? Like, He's trying to fuck me. Okay. <laughs> what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts? He was, like, he was trying to bang her. Yeah, I think that it kind of served as a point where we're like, damn it, we liked him, and he yeah. just yeah. fell into the trap of yeah. all these, He's like, like the rest of the guys. Yeah. But he was like a nice guy leading into yeah. it, and then it was just like, oh gosh, here it is. But also like, I think that... Do you want to go for a drink? I think that the way that he kind of recovered for it was just being like, damn it, I, I fucked that up, I'm sorry, like blah, 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 kind of owning up to it, which is definitely not something that any of the other guys kind of did no. in, right. the, in the movie. right. <laughs> you, but at what thoughts. point are we like settling for <laughs> shit? Every and day. it's like, no, that's <laughs> enough. Ain't that the truth? That's enough to be like, no, you're not coming back from that because you saw me. And because in my mind, I think a lot of the times when you meet somebody, you put them in a category. Yeah. And the category is 
we're gonna have our fun and that's the end of it, or this is something that means more to me and I could see going further and you kind of make that decision pretty early on, Mm -hmm. maybe even on the first date, like it was made here. And so it's like, she sees him as maybe, maybe this could go somewhere, but he's already put her into the category of trying to get my dick wet tonight. But he could also like, and just not to give him grace because we're not giving men grace on this podcast in any way, shape, or form. But I feel like he felt like he knew her. I felt like he, this wasn't a first, a first date per se. Like they're not getting to know each other because they went to school together. So I I think like he was erring on the side of like, look, I was attracted to her in med school. We had classes together. I know she's smart. I know she's this. I know she's that. We have familiar relations. Like we have a history. So fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to see if this works. Yeah, I'm going to shoot my shoot or shoot. Like, and I, and not to give him grace in that situation because you should never assume that somebody's coming back to your place unless it's overtly communicated that like oh okay yeah like if like we're to close to your apartment you. like let's go there <laughs> or like to my day. or like there's a conversation before you get to the apartment right. not it's like not like, just I showed up I you're, you're in this pressured situation yeah. now to make a choice right. and I think sometimes it's like your choice is either I do this now or I'm never going to hear from this guy again. A hundred percent. So, so, so what do I do? And it's like, I, it, the pressure's on you to be the cool exactly. girl and to go along with and it. And it makes me go up irate that it's like, okay, so, but, and then this is the guy that we give the second chance to. I'm like, oh no, I'm done. Like right. once you put me in that position of like, do you want to go upstairs? Like, it's like, oh no, like we're, right. we're done like right now. So no, I, I, I was you. just, now it's a trash. <laughs> I think it only works if you actually want to go home with the person, obviously. Yeah. But I, I think like I, I'm now I'm like sliding, backsliding this out of my tra- like treasure into a trash. I just like that he was multifaceted. I like that he yeah. wasn't just some bitch right. that laid I down and was like the perfect guy in juxtaposition to all these assholes. Because right? I like you, that he had a blunder. Yeah. That's what you see, you know, in in most movies. Yeah. Like you were saying, it's very like polarized. black or white. Like, yeah. They are good and this bad, evil good and person, bad, or good they are bad. like. Yeah this perfect person and never make any mistakes and I, I agree with that but I was just like oh you like lost me when, that, and I know that, that whole that situation it was awkward as hell and it's just like you shouldn't assume that somebody's coming back to your place unless it's like a conversation before yeah. before you've had drinks before you do anything it's just like oh like you know we can go down the street from my house cool you can stay here after if you want to stay on the couch like and then it's, it's a whole conversation and I agree with you but yeah so fuck that guy you're right <laughs> trash at the end of the day fuck that guy fuck that guy um, the suitcase was a treasure for sure. I was like subtle because I lived with my parents prior to, to the COVID pandemic. I was like the one millennial that moved out during the COVID pandemic where every other millennial moved, moved back, back in. in. <laughs> we looked at that in my econ class and I was like, I feel like an anomaly. It was great. Um, so yeah, the suitcase, it made me laugh. But even though my mom was begging me to stay with them, so it's fine. Um, again, spit in a man's coffee to get a date. So, you know, when they... Um during the Academy Awards, you know how they show like a little clip of the movie before. Yeah. That was actually the movie, this clip that they featured. Her spitting in coffee. Her spitting in the coffee. I love that. <laughs> interesting choice. I was gonna say I range, honey, <laughs> range. Um, but yeah, spin a man's coffee to get a date. Note taken. Noted. Um, the song Angel, just because it has a very personal resonance <laughs> with me. And then I okay, so I Tell have, why. I'm just kidding. I know that's right. Um, 
I liked the scene where she was pouring the drinks into the guy's mouths because that's typically done to females. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I love this Fuck role up, reversal. Sis. I love this role reversal. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, she's literally just normal, drugging them. She's <laughs> drugging them. I know. Like normally, no, but normally you see like the girls gone wild where yeah. they're pouring drinks in a women's mouth. So I like that the guys were just like taking it like champs. How does it feel to get roofied, gentlemen? Exactly. Know, exactly. Um, and then my last one is like I, I don't know what it is but like personally I feel like lately I've been attracting content that like really makes me uncomfortable yeah I, no, not like not like in an uncomfortable way no, I, I know you're laughing but it's like I, I just watched season two of Master of None and there's this whole two minute scene where Lena Waithe eats a sandwich and I'm watching this and I'm like why the fuck am I watching like there's no sound, there's no music, it's just her eating a sandwich. And I'm like, why, why am I watching? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I should, be, I should be okay watching this. Like, I should be normal. And I was like... I think it's because we're so conditioned, like, in movies to see, like, jump cuts or to see, like... You need you know, music, music, and you need this, and exactly. you need that, and you need that. And you're not, you're not meant to sit in your feels. And so I was talking to Kermit about this because we both loved a movie, Eighth Grade, that was directed by Bo Burnham, who's uh-huh. the guy in this movie. And it's one of those things that's like you it's talking about middle school and it's talking about eighth grade and we all know how fucking awkward that time was. And so it's like, this is not a movie that has 30 year old actors playing people in eighth grade. It's people that it's like legitimate kids. And like, you're immediately transported to the awkwardness and you're watching these people and they're like doing things and you're like cringing. And it's just, you have to live in that cringe, which is like what middle school was. But I found that with this movie, like there were moments where I was so uncomfortable and I was like, why am I uncomfortable? Like I, I feel like something should happen to make me feel less uncomfortable. Yeah. And that never came. Mm -hmm. And so part of me of like being like, do I like this movie? Do I not like this movie? It made me uncomfortable, but I like that it made me uncomfortable. I think it's, it's because it kind of challenges a lot of the things that we typically see in movies. Right. And I think that you know, the fact that it did make you uncomfortable, I think it, it did its job, because essentially. part of me, after I knew she was dead and after Schmidt took off that towel, I oh. wanted her to be alive. Right. I don't know why. Like, yeah. I just wanted her to be alive. I wanted like, her to come back. Got bitch ass. I wanted her to come back and just avenge her death, quote unquote, thinking that they got away with it. But I'm like, that's not what happened. And I'm, granted, I wish that would have happened, yeah. but it's not what happened. And like, I have to live with the other result of what happened. So it's like... I still found that like romanticism coming through and I'm glad that it wasn't entertained, if that makes sense. And to be honest, I think that was very deliberate on their end because I know when they were filming or when they were consulting basically people about the scene where she's getting killed, they asked professional, I think a cop maybe, they asked how long does it take to actually strangle somebody and die. body. So... Yeah. So uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And they, they, they basically said it takes two and a half minutes. So that entire scene is exactly two and a half minutes long because oh. it's essentially happening real time. Yeah, her like screaming and crying Him under the saying, pillow. Him saying, stop moving, exactly. stop moving. I was like... And I, <laughs> I'm clutching my pearls. From I, I was see. like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little bit high when I was watching it the other night and it felt like an eternity yes. watching that scene. And I yes. think that... I just, actually walked out. I told Eric, it, call me when it's done. Yeah, and I think... So I guess... Um, during screenings for the film, that scene in particular caused kind of like a little bit of controversy because there were literally people that got an argument because they were so uncomfortable about watching it. Right. And they like they basically walked out essentially of that during that scene. So I think Squally's over here. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I, just like him yelling at her, "It's your fault if you did, you know, it's all your fault." And then like you could hear her like 
screaming Ugh, and crying like guttural scream and yeah. like like sobbing underneath like muffled pillows i was like Ugh, no, it's I hard to watch that. but i mean fortunately that that's kind of the reality of a lot of situations and i think that you know it, the movie did a good job of kind of depicting that in a way that obviously yes it's uncomfortable to watch but also that's real life this fucking bro. Happens. Yeah. that's real life yeah. yeah no and so that's what i'm saying i loved sitting in the uncomfortableness if that makes sense yeah that scene was definitely hard to watch um and you sometimes you have to show people the thing that they're way too comfortable ignoring or right. dismissing yeah to make them face the reality absolutely of it. Um, when you talk about movies that deal with any sort of bigotry, sexism, racism, homophobia, et cetera, like, and, and there are characters that are truly evil in the way they express that, like, you need to hear the slurs. You need to see, you know, the, uh, the, the graphic imagery um, in order to understand that these aren't just myths or fiction that are being, you know, spewed out on social media or being told and yeah. passed down in oral history. Like these things are real. They are present. They exist. And people around you, whether you know it or not, are constantly experiencing these things. And I think, you know, as, as hard as that shit was to watch, like that is something that is something you need to, to see and understand like that this happens a lot. Yeah. It happens daily, right. you know? So, um, um, you know, I applaud them for, for doing that and putting that in the movie as hard as it was to watch, but, like, sometimes you just got to face fucking reality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You got to face the uncomfortableness, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm thankful for that because it was just, like, there were so many moments in this where I was just, like, I'm uncomfortable. But well, it's, it's like that's, a, that's me in any situation yeah. that I'm experiencing that. I'm uncomfortable, and it's, like, you want the people watching it to be uncomfortable as well. Well, and then that's the thing too. It's like, like her saying, and you were saying, you want to, not want to experience that because no one wants to experience that, but you need to see that like in Game of Thrones when Sansa gets raped because by her person that she was married to, that was fucking uncomfortable to watch. Right. Uh, one of my favorite shows ever, Sons of Anarchy. There's so many scenes in that show where I, I literally am like, what the fuck? Fuck. Like well, girl who? with a dragon tattoo. As that well. too. Like yeah. yeah, that was that was like that probably was a, one of the hardest. Her and I saw that together. Yeah, and we were like, "What the fuck are you watching?" Yeah, like, yeah. So, like Kerwin, sorry, just to reiterate, Kerwin, you know, he's right. Like we need to see these things to realize that this is what people are going through. People right. that we know, like just violence. Well, when you hear women, about yeah. stuff, like you have. Empath like you have sympathy but like there's a different thing than creating like empathy yeah, you know because right. you actually like witness it firsthand or you you, you know somebody that it's affected like yeah. it affects you and so then you have empathy like you Absolutely. just you feel how the person is feeling and I think that that in that moment I was like granted I didn't feel strangled but I was extremely uncomfortable so yeah and that's all I have so alright Elizabeth you're next okay <laughs> So for trash, I put the score over and over again. Doesn't mesh with <laughs> oh the movie. Oh my god, we have very oh, different opinions on this. The stars are blind, and that hit <laughs> you in the forehead. Sorry, that sorry. whole entire score. Sorry. Spice sorry. Girls, when two become one. Not the sorry. No, I don't mean. So there, Kerwin, correct me if I'm wrong. The, there's a difference between the score soundtrack. and the soundtrack. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. The soundtrack is the actual songs. Yes. The score is the like musical thingy. Kind of, yeah, like like the, the, yeah. yeah, like the the composed arrangements. Okay, yeah. so that's what I mean. The composed arrangement, not the. I thought songs. you were coming for Paris Hilton. I, I was gonna say Spice Girls, Paris I'm Hilton. I'm gonna like try to hold back on that. Tread lightly here. Tread lightly here. <laughs> I I wasn't a fan. Me and Jason looked at each other and we were like, "Is this?" 
fucking Paris Hilton? <laughs> yeah, it's like, bitch, it's Paris Hilton. <laughs> I think it's Paris. I'm Jason's like, like, yeah, it is. I have yeah, this on my mind. I <laughs> don't even know what's happening. Anyway. So um, when you guys worked at Walgreens together, were you guys in the pharmacy like uh, dancing around like that? Yeah. <laughs> if we were. Your love story. If I were, it was not to fucking Paris Hilton. <laughs> That's how you that. met. It was to As I Lay Dying. <laughs> it was to Barry Manilow. <laughs> so after um, like doing some research and stuff, I, I think that maybe the score was meant to be not mesh well with certain scenes. So I think it was intentional. So that makes me feel a little bit more like I think a lot of the stuff that I wrote for Trash and Treasure after looking into it, I'm like, oh, they did that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to make you uncomfortable and they're trying to. And so then it made me like, you know, like the movie even more. Um, I put, I have trash, not McLovin, drugs, slime ball, no, you know, like the same sort of feelings, but again, I think that was intentional. I love that though. Like when you said that they put loved people. Yeah. I was like, put Tom Hanks That's in there. So like, imagine. That would be the, that would be imagine the if fucking... like Tom Hanks played the uh, Alfred Molina's character. That would be. He's just marrying a younger lady. Ugh. He's a professor. God. Yeah. Oh, disgusting. Oh. That's who Tom Cruise would be. Uh, Jason called the plot as soon as things started going well with Ryan. He knew that he was going to fuck it up. Damn it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's like, nope, it's going too well. Something's bad has to happen because there's there's no way. Uh, men, are, men are problematic. <laughs> yeah, he knows. I mean, men are men, so they're... they're you gonna could assume they're going to yeah. fuck up, yeah. <laughs> Weird scene confronting Professor not having other guy go in to kill him. I don't even know what I meant by that. I don't, yeah, I was also confused about that because in all of her kind of like revenge scheming, she never physically hurt anybody. But then in that instance, it's kind of like that was the plan. I don't know. I don't it's think she was so going to kill weird. him. Like they make you think that that's what she's going to do. Wait, like the lawyer? No, or the professor. Professor. Right? Is that his name? Or that's who it was? You're talking about Alfred? Oh, no, the lawyer. Yeah. Alfred Molina? Yeah. Alfred okay. Molina, yeah. Okay, so I didn't mean professor. Oh, I meant lawyer. Yeah. lawyer, lawyer. Oh, he's a lawyer. I was like, who's professor? Yeah. I was like, there's a dean. Yeah. But I was like, I didn't know. I was know. like, he was is Al? No, a he, was, he was a really weird character to me. Like, I didn't understand. Like, when she met him, he was normal. And then all of a sudden, he's like unhinged. And then he was really unhinged. And I, Yeah, and it's kind of weird because, like, are we supposed to sympathize with him? And I think that's why she was very conflicted, too, because it's yeah. kind of like, obviously, she went into this thinking, fuck this guy but then when she had the conversation she saw how distraught he was about the whole situation how much it affected him it kind of was like oh shoot you know not everybody involved in the situation was just a bad guy but I think the circumstances were just yeah yeah and uh to to kind of get into Alfred Molina's character a little more um he is the only character that immediately knows Nina exactly and Mm. And has accepted how fucked up he was towards that. He's the only one that expressed remorse. He's like before she can even get into her whole deal that she has with everybody else. He's already like, Nina. I I remember this. He probably was expecting it to be honest. Like as soon as as soon as uh, she's just like, "Um, "Are you here to hurt me? Um, Do you want me to hurt you?" Yes. Like he's he's just like I've done so many of these fucked up cases. You know, getting into we literally hire guys to dig into women's past. Right. Like we literally, you know, uh, dehumanize them so that these obviously guilty guys can go free. Like he is like haunted by how many of these cases he's done, and and I have no doubt that he remembers every single one. And she definitely sees that when she meets him. There's so much remorse there. Yeah, it's it's a weird. He's the only one that just expressed the situation was fucked. Every other person defends. It's like, oh, she was just drunk. She was drunk. We were young. Asking for it. We were kids. 
we can't take her seriously. I get these accusations all the time. Oh my god, when mm. she said that, when Connie she Green. said when they get one or two per week, I'm like, okay, then maybe we should address the issue instead of skirting yeah. it under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not totally sure why I put that as trash. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even remember what I was talking about, but I think Kyle remembered it. <laughs> I put, why is Al's breathing so hard after smothering Cassie? Like, I know that it was a two and a half minute scene, but I'm just thinking like, it was over the top, like heavy breathing. Like, I get it. It's probably hard He's to smother victim. somebody, I would imagine. But it's like, <laughs> you're breathing so he hard. Like maybe so hard. He's an anxiety. Like, what? That could be it, yeah. yeah. It's very different from Pilates, okay? I mean, very different <laughs> from anxiety theory. from murdering someone, like yeah. realizing like, it, I mean, I could be. I breathe like that after my fucking econ midterm. I, mean, so I don't breathe like that after she walks down the street. Right. I can't like, even. She's smothered someone. Yeah, I sound like I'm on the verge of death. I'm walking uphill. I like incline. Walking down the hallway. I was gonna say I noticed that too. I just took it as him being like, I just did this really, <sighs> like, yeah. yeah, like it's like, are we really being <sighs> like? I just took it as like, I'm the victim. Like that yeah. was okay. That was really strenuous for me. <laughs> like um, I killed stuff. I'm so sorry. I didn't that. Regardless of regardless of like this character and what the fuck he did, you know. We ain't never killed anybody, you know, as I mean, far as we know at this that's table. True. But I We've could, never been convicted. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not <laughs> here to defend. No I'm not here to defend the character, but I can only imagine that taking somebody's life is a traumatic experience Absolutely. in itself. I cried when I stabbed a fish. <laughs> yeah, and that, Why and that's the thing too. It's just, it's just like, um, like I can't imagine, you know, whether you know his morality. Let's take that out of the equation just to address. He's not good. He's yeah, not bad. He's he, yeah, just, a shithead. Just a but. person in general who has never killed somebody, and rather than like shooting them or stabbing them and they die, it's just like having to force them right. to die. That's the most kind of like intimate way to kill somebody. Yeah, it's just like I can only imagine the amount of trauma that is involved in experiencing that. And I'm not saying that absolves him of anything, but I would say like that is probably a typical thing that somebody who has killed somebody, whether accidentally on a purpose, might experience, right. you know? I put my dog down a few weeks ago and it wasn't me that did the putting down, yeah. but I felt like I was telling Holly, I was like, this is a depression yeah. I have never known in my life. And it's a dog, like, and it wasn't me that did it, it was someone that did it. And I just felt like, this was me. Like, yeah. Well, because you feel like you ordered it. Like, you were like, yeah. do it. And I it was ugly, hard-sobbing, snot-running-down, like, asking, like, bargaining to God, like, why? Five like, stages of grief. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it was bad, and that wasn't even me that did it. Like, yeah. but I felt some sort of responsibility, so I get what you're saying, where this is such an intimate act of murder. Him telling her to stop moving. And like pushing down her hands that's, as she's yeah. resisting, and then like it's, that it's your to fault. me, it's just it's Bas your yeah. fault. Yeah, and that's like, that. I think that's what was the most like, kind of triggering about watching that is basically him putting the blame on her. Like you, like you did, this. you did this essentially, right? And I think that you know, I think it speaks to the bigger message of the movie of just kind of like women asking for it or women being the one to blame. It's always the woman's fault. It's right. what she's wearing. It's how much she had to drink. It's where she was when it happened. Right. It's what else? What other excuses do we have for men? We don't have excuses. For men. <laughs> he was drunk. Like boys I'm trying will to be think. Boys. No, I'm trying to think of Brock Turner. You know, all this for 15 minutes of action, which his dad said like, oh, in defense of him. Like my God, so incredibly. Stupid. And it's it, no, but I mean, it's just like a sobering thought, just to think like 
even with proof, even with two witnesses that literally had to chase a guy down, two eyewitnesses. Brock Who was Turner, d- the two witnesses were distraught also. They Mary. were they expressed more remorse than Brock Turner right. did. But I'm saying like even with that, he only got six months of prison because he is a promising young man. Because he had money and with he- eyewitnesses. How many women come forward with accusations that are just say like it's their fifteen minutes, they just want to check, they just want right. this, they just want that. And it's like even without it's a he said, she said argument, you know, like with two witnesses. He got off because he has white privilege. Yeah. That's what it is. He came from money. His parents probably paid someone off, and that's what it is. Unfortunately, that's what it is. Could you see, and I hate to bring this up, but we're going to bring it up. Could you see a black man, a Mexican guy, Asian dude doing that to someone? No. They'd be in prison immediately. Right. No questions asked. He got mm-hmm. off because of his white privilege. 100%. Yeah. And is a white person? It, I seal of approval. It's a fucked up situation that that's what happened but back to your uh, point elizabeth um i think what we're seeing is just the physical reaction yeah. to the psychological trauma like he's physically in shock i i don't think it's more of a like oh poor guy i, I yeah. think it's more like it's like the reality of somebody who has never murdered somebody actually killing somebody yeah. for the first time and i think his body is just having a physical reaction to whatever psychological trauma he's having. And I, and I think that's just it, like, objectively speaking, outside yeah. of his morality and all that other shit. That makes sense. I just thought it was, like, in my opinion, it looked very overdramatic for the physical act of it. Didn't match how long he was heavy yeah. breathing for. But I didn't think of, like, the psychological stuff yeah. of, like, thinking about... Because in my head, if you're thinking about all of that stuff, it would be more tears or anger or screaming or like different reactions than breathing hard. But yeah, yeah. I just think it's hard to it's hard to know exactly how you would re- react in that situation until it happens. You know what I mean? So <laughs> until you're you know until you're suffocating a stripper, exactly. you never know. <laughs> was it the nineties? <laughs> that was such a funny line too. I could not stop laughing. I felt terrible because I, like I said, right. I walk out of the room, yeah, and then I come back to that, and, and I am taking it so lightly, like I'm it was kind of dying like... laughing. I was like, what kind of <laughs> fucked up human being am I? <laughs> okay, so that was my last trash. So treasure, I think a lot of these Holly covered the opening scene with the construction workers was like amazing. Like as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I am going to I'm like this use movie. That. <laughs> uh, next time I get catcalled, it's on. Like, yes. like I wish I if had. Ever. <laughs> the guts to like stare back and make people real uncomfortable because maybe give me a couple years. I was gonna say I have the guts, so like next time it happens, I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> stare into their soul. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll like, make some like trying. animalistic noise. <laughs> um, I loved the visuals, the colors, the tones are very well thought out. In my opinion, I like visually enjoyed watching this movie, um, which for me I think doesn't happen a lot. Like I think a lot of movies aren't as well thought out as this one was in terms of visuals. Um, I think the perspective looks Quentin Tarantino-esque. Yeah, Thank you, Jason. Because I, I, I said that I liked it, and he was like, oh, it's like Quentin Tarantino. I would never know to say that, but Jason... We said it's a millennial kill bill. So. Yeah, I like yeah, millennial kill bill, absolutely. I love it. Um, everything about Gail's character played by Laverne Cox. Jason recognized her from Orange is the New Black. I, I love that. that, but somehow Jason knows it better than me. Love that. When Cassie runs into Ryan leaving the club and the guy asks, why do you have to ruin everything? And she talks about someone carrying scissors. I don't know what that came from either, but somehow that was a treasure for me. Because they're chopping dicks off like Lorraine Do you know what? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like that is a real life case 
Um, Is it? And th- these are these are things that happen. Like there are there are yeah. like. Uh, female vigilantes out there right. that do this, but I feel like that is a very specific mention to something, and I and I didn't look it up. I didn't have time really, but like I feel like that is a very specific mention to a certain individual. But okay. I could I could be wrong. Whatever it was, we can I Google it. it. I think it, it it served its purpose. It did. It, it did its job. So continuing with my treasure, so I enjoyed the hand drawn pictures in Dr. Ryan's office because I was in theater in high school. <gasps> I Yay. was. <laughs> Erica. Was it hard coming out to your parents? So, that's what that was like. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. So I was, I did not want to be in theater. I wanted to be in art, but art was oh, taken okay, by all the cool sense. kids. So I had to be in theater, but luckily I like convinced uh, people to let me do like backstage stuff. So backstage stuff means like makeup, hair, costuming, set, stuff like that. So when I see... start off with that, because that makes so much more sense. <laughs> okay. I was, I was like, I gotta go for the... Singing the, Pippin. The, you know, shock factor. <laughs> I look at movies differently, and I was taught to look at movies differently back in theater class in high school, so I look at movies with a very, like, analytical lens, and this is one of the things right. that I look at, which is, like, how much care did they take in creating the set and making it a believable place? Right. So when I saw like the hand-drawn pictures in the office, now granted they're like up there pretty perfectly, which I'm like, I have issues with that, but you know, whatever. At least they're up there and they're hand, yeah. And they're hand-drawn and it's like some kids probably drew these, I think. And so then it makes it more believable like like that this is a doctor's office and he's been practicing for a while. And I, I, I enjoyed that detail because I think most movies would not have that. done yeah, yeah would have kind of just been like let's just make had it look clean and let's yeah. throw them in a white coat and we're good to go yeah so i really enjoyed that that touch um jason recognizing toxic by britney spears string yes. version before me the instrumental he's like <laughs> dun, 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 he's like is britney spears and i was like <laughs> could this be my ringtone i think <laughs> what he said is. marry I him i think it is <laughs> She is. <laughs> I put the interrogation scene. I think I meant when she goes into the doctor's office to like interrogate Ryan. Like I loved oh, yeah. everything about that scene. Where he um, went from crazy or like all the different stages. Like, I love you. Like, fuck you, bitch. You crazy bitch. Yeah. yeah but that's like, what it's, but it's genuinely what it's literally. like. Sometimes talking to Absolutely. a guy, a guy's like, you're so beautiful. Like, can I buy you a drink? And you're like, no, I'm not interested. And then it's like, fuck and you. You're not even like, that pretty anyway. Yeah, and, and it's then, like, then why are you hitting <laughs> yeah. on me? Yeah. Like, and it was it was that whole like it's ego roller coaster to have like that like final blow of like yeah then we're both gonna not be doctors you failure like that's insane that how long has that been in exactly. his back pocket how long <laughs> has that been in your back pocket like, like when he, were you gonna bring that out yeah when were you gonna bring that out yeah so that was definitely treasure too um, not knowing whether to laugh or cry when Al's friend comes upstairs. Reminds me of Tim Burton style movies. So, like for example, Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Coraline, Sleepy Hollow. Like, I think you're put in that position to like. I don't know whether this is supposed to be funny or horrific, and I love that feeling. And I think that's very specific to the black comedy, dark comedy, where it's like 
I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. Why yeah. am I laughing? I feel right. terrible for right. laughing. Yeah. But it's funny. Like, where do you... Why am I trying to conspire with them? Like, yeah. why am I... Where am I trying yeah. to figure out to, where to hide this body? Right. Like, but there, then I hate there, them. But then I... Yeah. There's just so many parts in this movie where you have that same feeling where it's kind of like, should I be angry? But why am I laughing? Like, right. so it's, you got, it's got layers. There are mo- a lot of moments in the movie that kind of make it... And that's what makes it that. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that was a treasure for me too. Um, that it took a dark turn was a treasure. And then the ending song, Last Laugh by Fletcher, I had to look up oh. what the song was. I was like, this song is so fitting. Like, it's ridiculous. And I, song? It's called Last Laugh by Fletcher. The cre- it's, in the end credits. Yes, yeah. in the end oh, credits, okay, where it's like, song, it yeah. immediately like starts at the, the very, very, very end. So I was going to say Angel? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up, too. They purposely chose... I mean, obviously, there's a few artists in there that, like, we know and love, but there's also artists who aren't very popular, and I think that that was done to kind of get them on the map, too. Yeah. So, like, they specifically chose, like, I, I don't know who Fletcher is. Like, I saw her live. She's actually quite, quite <laughs> what? What? Pre, Pre-COVID, I saw her, yeah. She was in one of those, like, major concerts, like the Jingle Balls yeah. or... summer concerts or something so she headlined for like not she didn't headline but she was one of the minor acts for like a major act okay okay well so i guess like mm -hmm. when i was doing my research for the movie they said that a lot of the music choices that they made were very kind of for example so they used a lot of like kind of pop diva so obviously britney spears Mm -hmm. they use paris hilton and the reason spice girls and the reason why they why they did that is because a lot of times those types of songs or music in general is used kind of like as a joke in movies so it's Mm -hmm. like a guilty pleasure or it's like it's not typically a song that you'd want to feature in a feature film Mm -hmm. but they're trying to basically challenge that by saying no a female artist should not be a guilty pleasure just because they're very poppy so they're kind of trying to put it into the movie as you know it it as basically like another plot device to kind of show like like they belong here exactly like yeah. they're just as valid as let's say an indie artist yeah that makes sense and i thought about it in another way like i thought about it like they use britney spears they use paris hilton these are people that the media has absolutely, absolutely. fucking destroyed yes for being themselves for paris hilton for being skinny and thin and rich and partying and like doing her thing where it's like every other guy in her situation was was never taken to task the way that Paris Hilton was. And it's like Britney Spears being a pop star. It's like, I mean, everything right now with the free Britney movement, like that's yeah. in and of itself. But I'm saying she is taken to task for every single thing that she does. I think we all owe them an apology. Yeah, no, it's just... <laughs> well, no, Paris Hilton, she... Her whole sex tape situation, yeah. that was released by her ex-boyfriend. Right. Right. Like taking advantage of her. That's also a form of sexual assault yeah. in my book. Because Which now it's a case. Yeah. Like it's revenge porn, exactly. you know? But it's it's like there's so many... Like I, I thought they chose the music strategically, especially the Paris Hilton song, because I'm like, you think about... How how people view her and how men view her and how she was treated by the media. And I'm like, of course you'd pick a Paris Hilton song. Like, I think it was like Damon Wayans or something came out and said that White Chicks was loosely based off her and Nikki. Nikki. Yeah. 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 And so it's just like, she was the butt of a lot of jokes for doing what a lot of what young Hollywood was doing at that time. And so it's just like, it's that double standard. And that's, I, I thought it was strategic in that way. Kyle, trash and treasure. <laughs> trash and treasure. Yeah, so just very much like Holly, it kind of was hard for me to find a lot of trash with the movie, but <laughs> the first thing that I put on here were the wigs in the movie. <laughs> oh. There were a lot of points where I was just like, the hair looks horrible. 
And I understand the ponytail, the, the high, po- pony. high pony looked really bad. Michelle I think, Visage would read them for <laughs> yeah, filth. Like the the like just her with the bangs and like the hair. I just thought that you know for a movie that really has like top billing, they really have went all out to kind of cast the movie. It's kind of like put a little bit more budget towards maybe the wigs that you're going to need. What do I have a question? Yeah, what I was going to say, wanted you, her to look trashy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you also question that they did that on purpose of just like traditional beauty standards? Yes. Yeah. Like, and I feel like we think back to like why she was cast in the first place. Do you think she was just like like it was an intentional choice to do that? I don't think so. I just don't think they had a gay person or a black person <laughs> on set to be able to. Tell you know them, what? Laverne Cox spoken, <laughs> spoken like As a, a man. Woman, Laverne Cox could have told them. Yeah, very true. No, I think I think honestly, like as much as like we talk through this stuff, and as much as the stuff that bothered me, like I hear behind the scenes or right. I think about these things, every single part of this movie was intentional, very well thought out, because it was written, directed, and produced by what guys? Men. A woman. Oh, right. a woman. like so. <laughs> <laughs> What? Erica, wow. where have you been? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wake right. up. <laughs> I've been, I've been lecturing no. for 45 minutes, <laughs> and you still don't have the subtext of the text. D's get degrees. D's get degrees. <laughs> Apparently. But I think Holly has a point. I think all of these things are done intentionally to, like, poke at you. To and, fuck and with And you don't you. realize it until, like, after the, like... Because we were, we were criticizing... Um, her being cast as a main character. Right. And I was like, I had to look up how old she was because she looked haggard. Yeah. Like, I found myself saying that. I found myself being like, she looks way older like, than no 30. There's no way that her I and wonder how the old yeah. Carrie Mulligan really is. How and so then I was looking it up. And then I was like, <laughs> fuck, like, that's the point of this. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's all you, done purposefully. No, and it's it's you questioning your own bias at every single touch point. So you're that's like, yeah, is. her bangs look like shit. But it's like... <laughs> Was that on purpose for people to be like her bangs look like shit? She yep. could have gotten a better wig. Like she could, they could have spent more time doing that. They should have made her look prettier. Yeah, you know. But and it's I, just I, yeah. And I think that you kind of maybe go full circle on that because why? Why does it, single, why does that matter? Every single one of my trashes, y'all made me go full circle. <laughs> so welcome to the club. Um, my second trash. Honestly, I only have two things. My second trash, I just put men ain't shit. Men are the trash. Yeah, they are the trash in this movie. And I think that, you know, if with every interaction that she had with a male in this movie, it kind of proved that in general, men kind of are a lot to blame in a lot of situations. Yeah. They're the ones that are kind of deflecting. They're, you know, kind of victim shaming and all this stuff. And I think that this movie did a great job of showing that yeah and I think I mean like as much as we like shit on men right now just because like the the movie that we're talking about I understand like most guys are good guys and they just make terrible decisions or they think something's a good thing but it's just like there's so many situations in this movie and I think back to the opening scene where there's three guys talking and just being super misogynistic and looking at her and recognizing that she's drunk and the guy going over talking to her and then taking her home god damn you Seth Cohen I thought he was gonna help her he Aren't was we doing all so it's well. It's always under the guise of "let me help you," yeah. right? And at the and end of the so, day, he, like Kerwin said, it's very self-serving because he just wanted to have sex with her. But what I'm saying is, just like in that situation, calling her an Uber or getting her her own Uber, not getting in the Uber with her. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many other situations that could have happened, and I'm just like, those two other guys should have stepped in. Right. Those two other guys are just as ignorant. They so were. it's like, in those situations, it's just like. I think everybody has that friend that's a little bit creepy, that a little bit, eh. It's like, check that fucking behavior. Yeah, I think... If you're at a bar and your buddy's talking to a girl that's too fucked up, 
and like tries to take her like curb that shit yeah. tell your bro to calm down i think it just needs to be normalized of kind of like let's keep people in check like you said let's hold people accountable for that even when it's a group of guys yeah you know, that's what, what i mean i think and that's where it, where it's almost the most difficult time to really speak your you know but, your ethics is when you're with the boys well, what i'm saying is like from my perspective it's just like people my mom is always just like these women need to stand up for themselves you know if something happens you need to say something it's like every single time i stand up for myself i'm a bitch i'm yeah. high maintenance i'm ugly i'm this i'm that like i'm I ain't shit you know but i think it's so different when your boy checks you yeah you have just like bro like you don't it takes so stop. much more and i think it means a lot more when if another guy is to right it's like of, you're inappropriate right. like and not like a friend of the girls but i'm just saying one of your own guys just being like knock it off absolutely have you do you have a creepy friend that you've had to check i i don't i don't befriend straight yeah. men <laughs> i try to avoid him at all costs i, at all costs, I really try to uh, i really try to steer clear but this movie does a great job because it basically is putting the conversation on the map yeah and i think that you know the more that we talk about it the more that we normalize it then you know i think it's going to be more comfortable for you to check your boy yeah because i mean does it is it the same reaction when a girl checks a guy like a guy friend no I don't think so because naturally as a woman it's kind of like of course you're gonna call someone out when they're being creepy yeah but if a guy does it no but if you do it you're high maintenance or you're too emotional yeah. or i didn't mean it like that it's a joke yeah. or it you know you're just you could blame it. it always turns back to the female's fault of the way that she reacts to a situation that she's in right when you're called out on your behavior you become defensive absolutely yeah. that's and so instinct. the immediate defensiveness is i'm not a bad person i didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable i'm not trying to be skeezy i'm not trying to be a perf you're just overreacting yeah which is gaslighting like you're that's you're absolutely. criticizing somebody for their reaction to your behavior right yeah. and when they're trying to address your behavior and saying your behavior makes me uncomfortable you then become the aggressor because you're calling them out on it. And they're like, I didn't intend to make you feel that way. And it's like, great, you didn't intend to do that, but you did. Right. So like, what are we going to do? Shit. Yeah. Um, it is always the, uh, the victimized party's responsibility for some odd reason in every scenario to be the cool, calm, collected, right. respectable, at ease, accommodating individual. And they have every right to be the complete opposite. Absolutely. And for whatever reason, you know, society dictates that if you're the victim here, you need to be the one that's uh, that's got to keep their cool. You got to be the one to uh, de-escalate. You have to be the one to uh, massage the situation. It's just like, no, no, no. Uh, no, you kind of deserve kind of deserve the heat that's coming at you. Like, you deserve the heat. But you can never react the perfect way because if you've been sexually assaulted or you should be raped, if you've been raped, you react this way. Yeah. Like you would report it right away and you would do this and you would do that. Or if, you know, somebody assaulted you, you do this or you do that. Everyone's like, different. Mm. But it's just, yeah. it's just the victim, like if you are actually a victim in a circumstance, there's no right way that you react. It's the always wrong in someone's eyes. Yeah. Well, and it's like yesterday, like, to go, we were talking about this earlier. Yesterday I was helping my delivery driver. We were back behind the bar and whatnot to like get into the kitchen and I was sitting there I was talking to him shooting the shit with him and this these two guys on bikes they came by and they started like catcalling me so I looked at them I was like are you fucking serious right now and they're like oh you're a fucking bitch and they start <laughs> going off on me right. and my driver's like are you fucking kidding me bro and my driver's like this giant like guy all heavily tatted head tattoos and stuff and they were like yelling at my driver and i 
until the manager of the account came out. It was like, get the fuck out before I call the cops on you guys. Yeah. But like in that instance, it was great for my driver to be back there yeah. and defending me Absolutely. and stuff. But this is the shit I deal with every day of yeah. my career. Absolutely. And it's honestly kind of draining. I love my job, but this is the kind of shit I deal with. But you talk Every to the, the same male coworker that has the same job and they don't have to navigate yeah. that. No, they don't. And they don't like, get fucking catcalled by random dudes. They're not getting exactly. snuck into a back room by exactly. the bar Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's like, oh, you want to wear, you don't want to wear the itty bitty like promo girl outfit? No, I fucking don't. Otherwise I would be wearing girl. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, this whole, yeah, it's very... Angry. Somebody who's not a feminist sounds pretty <laughs> feminist. Sudden, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might get her by She's the end of the episode. She drank the tea. She drank the tea. She drank the Kool-Aid. Um, so to summarize, men ain't shit. Men ain't shit. Love uh, that. My treasure. So you guys kind of, we covered a lot of points and I think that we did it. I don't feel like we've been an homage to Jennifer Coolidge. Though. Yeah, so that's literally the first thing on my treasure was Jennifer Coolidge. Um, I think that, you know, having a very minor role like this that is going to be different than kind of what we are typically used to seeing her with, it was very refreshing to see that. And I think there was like very, some, some, so many subtleties that in her performance were like, obviously, yes, the, you know, giving the gift of the suitcase and all that stuff. Like, it just was just funny to see her interacting with her daughter. Yeah. My favorite was when Bo Burnham made the joke and like her parents <laughs> just like looked at him right. and they were like, the dad was like, oh, it, it's, oh, a, it's a joke. It's a joke, like, yeah. And then he starts laughing, and then she looks at him laughing, and then looks yeah. back, and she's just like, confused. I think that they, they really like depicted the awkwardness of meeting your significant other's parents like, right. so well. Yeah. Um, and then other things I had was the, I don't know if it's composition or just like the musical score, but Stars Are Blind, you know, the toxic instrumental, I put that in here. And I think, like I said. We're going to say soundtrack. Let's say, yeah, let's say that. Because you didn't like the score. You like the soundtrack. Like, Here I, we are. I like toxic. Let's like, call yeah. the whole thing <laughs> off. Let's call what it is. Um, but I think that also the fact that there was so much thought that was put into it. And like you said, Holly, kind of like the fact that she chose women that were, you know, definitely treated, mistreated in the media at, to kind of feature the movie is definitely something that I love. Another thing, too, that kind of like Elizabeth pointed on or pointed to was definitely the like the visuals in the movie mm-hmm. so I guess the director of the movie kind of referred to Carrie Mulligan's character as kind of like a, an angel of revenge that's what she said so yeah so there are a lot of parts in the movie that kind of reference or like symbolism in the movie that shows a lot talks about you know being an angel so for example like if there's a scene where she's sitting on her bed and then in the background her headboard it makes it look like she has wings behind her so like that was definitely something that you know I kind of picked up on you know after reading through and doing my research. Oh. Um, there's also another scene too when she's sitting in the um, restaurant. There's like a ring of light that's above her head, so it looks like a halo. And then obviously the end song, the fact that it's Angel in the Morning, you know, it's kind of like it really brought it full circle. So I think that you know these kind of like little symbol symbolic things and kind of like the cinematography and those aspects were just amazing to me and so well thought out. Yeah. Overall, you know, I think just like visually this movie was just very pleasing to see, um, but well done. Yeah. All right. Kerwin, Trash and Treasure. I don't, I don't know if I have like Trash or Treasure necessarily for this movie. What I have more is like kind of observations, but yeah. there will be some, you know, there'll be some shit in there. Um, 
the uh, one thing I noticed is the uh, the constant trampling of the uh, female experience by men in this movie. Uh, constantly, we see our male characters vocalize that they are they they vocalize uh, what are true societal pressures, expectations, and struggles that women face, and then trample all all over it with their own uh, insults, advances, personal experience, or turns of morality, all in the name of you know getting laid. Yeah. Um, you know the guy offering to drive uh, Cassandra home, uh, McLovin with his little speech about um, make up um, oh my oh, god uh, yeah that should have been that literally that's my trash. my trash oh my god that's my trash yeah and then uh al talking about how he's loyal to his wife and he really shouldn't be doing this you know and and the list goes on and on and on um but that that is one thing that i that i noticed all throughout this movie and this also ties into what we talked about earlier the the very specific line about uh madison talking about how men in college want a feminist but only because they want anal right and um so that that definitely ties into a lot of uh this movie um this is you know i got some things here and there but like i have seen a person pass out in the middle of the road um it was 2014 i was coming home from watching winter soldier at the theater Uh, i was driving on the 10 freeway going back east and uh, i saw i it was a red car i don't know if it was a civic or not but it was like crushed and i pull over to the side of the road and it's in the second to right lane and i pull over and it's fucking like 2 a.m. and I I run into the middle of the freeway and I'm like banging on the door like yo you gotta wake the fuck up and it's this dude uh, he he has like a warehouse job or something and he's like asleep in his car and I'm like oh fuck this guy's dead and when I bang on the door like he wakes up and he's just like oh shit he's just like what are you doing here I'm like dog like you're in the middle of the freeway and your car is totaled and he can't open the door but like luckily like you know cops showed up right away thank god nothing happened to me dude you for um, pulling over yeah my ass would have been like what the fuck is this person doing that speaks volume about your character that you literally got out of your car to help this person in need because my ass especially at two in the morning I would turn As a female, bye. <laughs> Did you even call 911 though? Yeah, because like his, his car was like crushed, like crushed. And like luckily he's just uninjured and asleep. And I think what happened is just like he probably worked a ton of hours. Yeah. He was tired. He still had his work uniform on. He worked like a warehouse job or something. And I was just like, this motherfucker fell asleep at the wheel. Because yeah. I've, I've fallen asleep at the wheel and I've had to pull over on occasion. And it's just like, I, I could totally understand that this could have happened. But yeah. I just want to say, you know, fuck that guy for his immediate response to a, uh, a woman that's like passed out on, on her on her steering wheel is to just like berate her. Berate and her. I, and yeah. I'm just like, bro, get the fuck out of your car and knock on the window and be like, hey, Check are you okay? okay? Are you alive? A human, yeah. But, yeah. but that's what you guys, like, it's, it's like being a female no matter what you do if you cut someone off they'll pull up beside you and be like fuck you're a crazy bitch for that yeah like they'll they'll just go crazy and i'm sure they do that on guys too but what i'm saying is just like men just have this like preconception that women are terrible drivers like granted i am but like (laughs) i am asian story checks out i mean (laughs) fact check out over here i drive fast but i mean no but what i'm saying is just it's one of those things it's just like nobody's really human like yeah yeah Yeah, it's just like and the anomaly is when somebody is human yeah it's it's like not even sympathies can be lent to somebody who seems to be in a distressful situation oh because they're hindering your day they're in your way there's there's a minor inconvenience yeah it's 
you know, them being But there. then she made it a minor inconvenience that he has <laughs> yeah. to go get his fucking tail. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's just like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're overreacting. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you breaking my taillights? Leave my, leave my windshield alone. What are you doing? Oh my God, I can't believe this woman is hitting my, my vehicle, my shitty truck. My with, Ford Ranger. Oh my God. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, no, please no, leave no. me alone. Oh. Like, that's, that's oh literally what he God. turns into. That came natural. And just fucking, yeah. So fuck that guy. Um, fuck that guy. If I saw him crashed on the side of the road, I'd probably, I'd probably still help. I, <laughs> yeah, I can't right. You'd be random and I'd, keep it pushing. Yeah. <laughs> keep um, yeah. Uh, fedora's trash. Um, <laughs> Wait, the guy at yes. the bar? Yeah. Just fedora's, fedora's in general. Yeah. Fedora's I, in general. I like, I like craved that reaction because it, it, it went from a place of like, I'm taking this girl home yeah. to now it's your fault. It's you. And it's that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, because I'm single and so I'm dating. And so people give the reaction all the time. It's just like, don't give a guy your number. Like, if you don't want a guy to call you, don't give him your number. And it's like, if you never, if you've rejected a guy and you've said, I don't want to give you my number and you've dealt with that situation, it can either go one of two ways. Like somebody can take it nicely or somebody can be like, why the fuck won't you give me your number? Or they'll take your phone and, and call their phone from your phone. Or it's like, there's a whole bunch of situations, but I like loved that situation because it literally shows a guy once he's been threatened or like once it's not gonna happen, what happens? Total 180. Yeah. It's just like, and you ruin everything. And it's just like, really, she ruined everything? You were trying to take home a blacked out female. In a yeah. fedora. Right. That's the biggest crime. That's the biggest crime here. Yeah. But uh, speaking of that scene, one of my favorite things was just like, uh, you're hardly dropping panties yourself, Paul. You ever scored in daylight? So I thought that was, uh, yes. that was hilarious. Hilarious. Um, I'm not a fan of the uh, singing in the pharmacy montage. I felt it, it was a little extra and it was a little long and it just felt cringy. I was just like, That look. wasn't for you. That was for the women yeah. watching and, you. And that's fine. Look, I've, it look, wasn't for me either. Like, it was for Jason. I, look, I, I've done goofy shit in public too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're in a relationship, you're dating somebody, you're seeing somebody, you do goofy shit in public. Yeah. I've done shit like that in public. But I just felt like um, the choreography of it, the actual pharmacy scene was too much for me. I don't mind the montage. Just the pharmacy scene. Uh, yeah. And the biggest pet peeve of mine is like, this motherfucker's over here like busting open a bag of fucking salt and vinegar lays and I'm like and as somebody who has worked in grocery I retail say, only because you worked at Sears I was so pissed because I've seen <laughs> motherfuckers do that seven. shit and I'm just like we gotta get a dry mop in here like fucking get a push broom I was so pissed off it's like I know y'all motherfuckers in love but somebody gotta clean that shit up that shit made me so mad um and then, uh, you know, we talked about the murder scene. Um, we have the absolute reversal here of how uh, women are treated after an assault where Joe is trying to soothe Al after he killed Cassie. And he, it's the complete opposite yeah. of how women are treated. It's just like, hey, hey, calm down. It's okay. It's, it's not, not your, your fault. fault. Oh, my God. You know, all these things. And um, I think one of the most appropriate things that was... It was an was, accident. Yeah, I it think... It was an accident. Two minutes and 30 seconds of an accident. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think one of the most... Uh, one of the more appropriate songs is played when they uh, uh, burn her body, uh, one of the lyrics is, uh, this is a man you'll forgive and forgive and help and protect as long as you live. And um, you know, I pulled up the lyrics to this, uh, I believe it's called uh, Something Wonderful. It's by uh, Oscar Hammerstein, Hammerstein. But like, um, the lyrics are literally like, um, you know, this is a man who thinks with his heart. His heart is not always wise. This is a man who stumbles and falls, but this is a man who tries. This is a man you'll forgive and forgive and help protect as long as you live. 
he will not always say what you would have him say, but now and then he'll do something wonderful. He has a thousand dreams that won't come true. You know that he believes in them and that's good enough for you. You'll always go along, defend him when he's wrong and tell him when he's strong. He is wonderful. He'll always need your love. And so he'll get your love. A man who needs you can be wonderful. He'll always go along, defend him when he's wrong, you know, and so on. But who it's just like- wrote this song about Holly and I? <laughs> yeah, but like playing, playing that is so fitting because- sus. <laughs> it is the, uh, it is the, uh, the culm, you know, this, this particular scene is the culmination of yeah. everything we've seen, you know, the microaggressions, the abuses, the, uh, the transgressions, the uh, dismissal of any sort of crimes towards women. And I, I felt like, um, what an appropriate song to play, which is literally like, oh, once in a while your man will be good gonna, to you. He's gonna do something good. Yeah, he thinks with his heart, meaning, you know, he's not always up, you know, he's, he ain't always got it up here. He's, he's passionate. He's passionate, but it's just like, no, he's gonna fuck up. But at the end of the day, it's your your job. So we're gonna back him up. You but have to. But when women are passionate. Well, no, Holly, yeah, Holly, we can't. Bitch. Holly, we're whoa. emotional. We we're can't. too emotional. All right, first of all, passionate women ugh, can't, oh my God. God, can't do that. Um, I think you're right. I think it's that settling thing coming back that I was talking about. Like, yeah. you're still gonna see this guy like immediately show you his true colors, which is he was trying to get in bed with you immediately. Right. We should have. Right. You like let it go, yeah. and it's like yeah. no, we like, all no. But we're guilty of this. We put the blinders on when, we, yeah. when oh, they 100%. show you like one good quality, and you're like, this is amazing. Like right. this is something that I want in a future me. A guy shows you, you know, three bad things. And then he shows you one good fucking like just on, yeah. hold on to that and for dear just, life. You just ignore the three <laughs> terrible things, and you're like, "But he texted me." Good We've all been in those yeah. relationships, and I think that it goes. But I don't feel like every single time I've heard a guy conversation, it's just like she chewed aggressively, and they're like, "Never, never talk to her again." Yeah, ghost her, leave her alone. I think it's like that thing where people say like when someone tells you how they are, their true colors, you need to believe them. When someone believe shows you the first, exactly. believe them the first time. You should yeah. believe them. So I think that true by colors. them having that first interaction. Phil of- Collins or Cindy Lauper? <laughs> oh. It reminds me of this no. meme that I no. saw that says, even though the box is clearly labeled and I can see what's in it, I'm still going to date it for six months. And it's a <laughs> box of red flags. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Very Sounds true. like my 20s. I'm sorry, did I write that? Like, <laughs> That's plagiarism. Are you, are you reading from my, my poetry that. book? Like, what's diary? going on? Yeah. Dear diary. That's my, that's my rap journal, man. I put my bars in there. But uh, yeah, those are kind of things I observe. But now getting into like my actual treasure, um, Carrie Mulligan, her performance is great. Right. Um, you know, the subtle facial expressions that convey so much. Like it, very early in the movie, she rarely changes her expression, but the little ticks she does with her eyes or her mouth, the curvature of her mouth, etc., the head tilt she does can shift her emotions so drastically. And I love her performance. Um, I, I think it's incredible. Um, you know, opening of the movie with the uh, vi- music video-esque sexualization of men uh, is an interesting twist and a nice initial reversal of the dynamic that you typically see mm. shown in entertainment. Right. Where I, I forget the name of the song, but the song is also appropriate as well. I think it's like We Want Boys or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Boys by Charlie XCX. Yeah. Okay. No, but yeah. I love it because it's normally girls shaking ass and it's it's fucking fat corporate men right. yeah. shaking ass. So, like, um, yeah, I thought I thought that opening not scene. Not to body shame, but no, body hey, shame. Hey, you gotta hit, shame? Hey, fuck that. <laughs> hey, hey, motherfuckers just gotta hit the us. gym. They gotta hit the gym. Fuck it. I ain't, fuck it. I'll say it. Um, but it's just like um, I, I appreciated that right off the bat because it it tells you what movie you're getting yeah, into. It kind of challenges what we would normally assume. Mm-hmm. 
in you know in the media. Yeah, um, and then uh, you know the whole first uh, the first interaction where we kind of learn what she's up to. You know, feigning drunkenness and and, and uh, uh, either confronting these men or attacking them, or whatever, etc. Or you know, uh, seeking vengeance on them. Uh, I love how. After she comes to, after dropping the facade, we cut to, you know, the, uh, quote, walk of shame, uh, which is more of a uh, walk of victory right. implied by the confident barefoot strut, of, strut on the gravel, um, you know, the blood on her outfit, the eating of the morning meal in the Wait, fashion of... was it blood? That yeah. was ketchup. I, I thought I, it was I, jelly from her jelly donut. Okay, so, okay, so if it's, if it's not blood, then, but it has the, the appearance... It has, so, it has the appearance of blood. Yeah. The but, reason why you said blood, and the reason why I'm so, I'm so sorry I interrupted you mid-thought, is I originally thought, after that interaction, he punched her in the face, and there was blood, and so I thought it was going to cut up and her have, like, ice into it, but she was holding a jelly donut. Mm. I thought yeah. she, like, I, I, I was expecting the guy punched her in the face because yeah. she called I think, him out. I think that maybe might be, like, a genius thing because it's kind of like we automatically would assume that the man would get violent with her. Yes. And that's what they're kind of playing with that and showing that it ended up being just jelly from the donut. Right. So I think that's Sorry, kind of I, legit, I legit was like, she's going to get murdered. Yeah. Like you can't pull this. And this is the shitty part is you can't pull this shit with men without eventually getting exactly some physical Because again, when you call somebody out on their poor behavior, mm-hmm. they get defensive. Right. And like some people get defensive in different ways. Some people will verbally yeah. attack you. Some people will physically, physically. attack you. Yeah, so, um, you know, just turning the whole, like, walk of shame into, like, a walk of victory. The stride of pride, baby. <laughs> yeah, just, stride um, of pride. like, uh, you know, eating, you know, her, her jelly donut um, in the fashion of an apple. She's not eating it like a jelly donut. She's eating it yeah. like an apple. And uh, I thought that was very purposeful, and it has, a, you know, very religious connotations and illusions. I feel like women are often treated as beneath and other, and to be submissive and subservient. And there's a lot of shame in many cultures surrounding women and their ability or inability to live and make the same choices as males in their society. And I feel that um, Eve's picking and eating of the apple is very central to a lot of past and present cultures perpetuation of that forced and taught shame that continues to uh you know wrongly justify and validates that relationship between men uh men and women and at one point in the movie we get a scene from a black and white film called uh the night of uh the night of hunter i, I think i wrote the name wrong but uh, it has a uh, robert mitchum speaking to god and he says quote not that you mind the killings your book is full of killings but there are things you do hate lord perfume smelling things lacy things curly haired things society and religion views literal murder and the sins of man as more acceptable than a female or the female experience and you know i think i think that was a a hugely hugely powerful moment in the movie because at first i thought she was eating an apple and i had to rewind it and i was like no she's eating something else there was purpose in the way they have her eating her morning meal yeah and the first thing i got was apple and then as soon as i, I saw that yeah, yeah all, all the religious illusion came out. like i said a film major i knew she was doing it wonky but i didn't understand how i like, think they're I just, just like there's I so thought, many like subtleties in this movie that you almost need to watch it a few times yeah. in order to kind Again, of I've eaten a jelly it. donut. it's a messy <laughs> but it's not you're a slut for a jelly donut that messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <I am>. you're right <laughs> and um we talked about this um earlier on you know we talked about the whole uh you know this movie has a very uh graphic novel Right. styled look um, I do appreciate the cinematography in this you have these uh, lights bright pastel colors and uh, incredibly uh, Wes Anderson like 
um, shots mm -hmm. whenever uh, you know there's a calm or uh, supposed peace in the in the movie. Uh, but once we get into um, the aggression and the nightlife and the you know the more um, the more gritty areas of the film, the camera becomes more dynamic and we pan and we shift and we, we get angles and uh, we get the neon colors and the high contrast black and whites that feel like the graphic novel type look. And, and I love how they, they uh, have you know, the two choices to, to kind of determine uh, which is which. And by the end of the movie, the uh, Wes Anderson-like areas the calm pastel things you know like you see in midsummer or whatever right. like those become the chaotic things like she is murdered in the peaceful way the movie is shot right. she is burned in the way in the peaceful way the movie is shot the wedding and the arrests and the uh the breaking up with ryan happens in what is supposedly a peaceful shot and that goes to show you that it is not only the uh the graphic black and white neon colored areas of life in which the chaos happens it is the also the peaceful pastel brightly lit easter egg colored areas of life mm -hmm. where the nice people exist where the evil can also happen yeah. and i think that is a that is a powerful thing to to showcase using the visuals so uh, i really did appreciate that and then, damn, um, Kerwin. We knew we needed you on amazing, this podcast. Like, I know. I was like, like to analyze are that. Are you sitting over here that? just giving snaps? <laughs> I was like, major. <laughs> and then I'm sorry to go on so long. I got, no, I got like no. one. Don't I got like apologize. one major thing. Don't but, apologize. I know this is like a female movie, but you don't need to apologize for expressing your opinion. <laughs> um, and then you know we talked about like going back to the comic thing. I'm a fucking nerd, guys. You already know this. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's so much Batman in this movie. Our character is a vigilante obsessed with vengeance like mm -hmm. Batman to prevent the wrongs inflicted on her loved ones. So similar wrongs, she's out to prevent them yeah. and avenge them. Uh, she's got a whole lot of Victor Zaz in her notebook with the little cross hatches. Mm -hmm. um, Victor Zaz, he carves a cross hatch into his body every time he kills a victim. Uh, you know, speaking of Batman uh, villains, uh, her portrayal of uh, Cassandra is very Joker-esque. Yeah. Uh, yes. Even the candy striper outfit. Yeah. Yep, putting on makeup in the mirror, Joaquin Phoenix, hanging her head out of the rideshare vehicle, uh, Heath oh, Ledger, shit. <laughs> the uh, the yeah. smudged lipstick on her yes. on her face. She has that the 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 wig that she has on, like you said, the candy striper, looking like Heath Ledger walking um, out of the hospital. hospital, and then the uh, the uh, slow violin version of a Toxic by yeah. Britney Spears, very closely mirrors the uh, heavily intense. Uh, stringed arrangement that is the Joker's theme in The Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. So, like, all of that matches. Um, shout out to Blink 182, Anima the State, because that's Anima the first the thing State. I thought when I saw her. <laughs> it's the same outfit. Yeah. Um, it really is. I have that too. And then uh, she even has, like, a little Riddler thing going on with her mirror setup, how she has, like, the like the letters on squares and she has photos everywhere that remind me a lot of the, the you know, the Riddler. Very Harley Quinn esque uh, civilian clothes. Um, you know, when she's at the coffee shop, she's got like the, the baseball tee, mm -hmm. the raglan, and that's kind of what you see Harley Quinn wear in Suicide Squad. Right. Um, you know, her relationship with Gail reminds me a lot of the relationship between Poison Ivy and Harley in the comics and the TV shows. Um, and, you know, like we talked about before, I wrote all this down, and then I look, it's... Margot Robbie. Yeah, it's Margot Robbie. So I was just like, <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, could it be? Yeah, could it be? And then, um, I mean, that's that's pretty much my my trash and treasure. But yeah, I, I love this fucking movie. It's yeah. great. There's just so many like facets to the film that it goes undetected. And I think talking to you guys really exposed a lot of that. Yeah, no, I have a question though. There's one thing that I didn't get that I don't understand. And that was the scrunchie. Thing. Oh, I didn't get it either. 
And I don't feel like she put this like every single time she did a hash mark in her book, mm-hmm. she she took the scrunchie off the book, put it around her hand, and then wrote. And then wrote. And I don't feel like I understood that. Maybe it's just a thing. I was thinking maybe I didn't notice that, but by you telling me that, I'm thinking maybe it was Nina's. That's what I just thought yeah. too. Yeah. Maybe it was Nina's scrunchie. So that, it's like I, I her. Thought, like, I don't know. I just I thought like they were friends since they were kids and maybe that's what it was. But yeah. I don't feel like because it was very, very intentional. And she did. I also wrote down like a finger twitch thing that she did, which I do when I, when I feel my anxiety is like getting too mm-hmm. much. Like I'll just I'll, I'll do this just to kind of level myself. And it actually helps. But she, she does that a lot. But like the scrunchie thing before she did a tally mark, it was like intentional. Yeah. Every, Every single, single time she did it, she'd put the scrunchie around her hand and then she'd pick up the pen and then she'd tally it. And I was like, why sis? Like, why are yeah. you doing that? You know? So it, it never really gave me an explanation on that. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, like... we're just supposed to assume, especially like you said, because they were friends when they were kids, they probably, that probably was her scrunchie. We should look at the photos of them together. Cause that girl She's might probably be wearing... wearing the goddamn yeah. scrunchie. Yeah. Fucking totally. high pony. Like... Um, sorry, one more thing. Uh, I have to agree with Jason. Shout out to Jason, by the way, because the moment I saw Bo Burnham, I was like, this motherfucker's gonna do something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, this motherfucker's trash. Like, the moment I saw him, I was just like, nope. I saw, like, the red flags right away, constantly asking her about, why'd you drop out? You yeah. were so good, this and that. And it was just like, let her live her fucking life. You got your answer the first time you talk. Stop talking about medical school all the fucking time. Let her be herself, um, you know, uh, trying to, like, better the first night. Look, you shoot your shot, you missed, whatever, but I'm just kind of like, the roundabout way of doing it, just like, oh, we're at my apartment, kind of like what you're saying. It's just like, no, no, no. Like, when you're far away from your apartment is when you ask, yeah. would you like to come to my apartment? Not like, uh, we're walking. just, Let me we're just lead you here. Yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> fucked up because, you it's know. It's a nice little stroll. <laughs> yeah, and we, we recently had to talk about this a couple of weeks ago about um, how many women end up having sex with guys that they don't want to have sex with because you're put in that situation and it is and it's just like fuck here we go again like and just seeing her kick the trash can like you felt for her because it's just like she thought she thought this guy guy was was a good one was was a good one she ends up giving him a second chance for whatever reason but it's just like you can see the frustration because like the moment he drinks the coffee with her spit in it she has like a little facial tick and you can see like in her eyes like she feels something's right about this guy and for that to happen the first day you're just like fuck and i'm like i'm like i'm hoping that this is the only thing that he does in this movie you know he owned up to it he said yeah "Yeah." but then like it just happened to be that he's the bystander and one more thing that i have i love that this movie touches on every single kind of transgression that occurs you know, talking about makeup, facing rejection, being rejected, um, bystanders, women that um, dismiss any sort of uh, accusations against men, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the dean not knowing who the fuck Nina is right off the bat, but she knows Al, she knows everything about Al. Um, And then uh, just just every single kind of uh, interaction you would have involving a case like this is depicted in this movie and it is crafted so fucking well. But that's that's it. Sorry. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just like everybody should be innocent until proven guilty. But it's like if somebody comes forward with an accusation, that should also be respected. Right. And the whole Connie Britton character of just like, well, you know, I, I mean, like, and no. it was that whole justification for it. And oh, like, and Alison Bree's whole thing and the irony that she wakes up in a room with a guy 
and she has no idea what exactly. she did. Exactly. Immediately yeah. after think, saying, "Well, you kind of deserve it." Just like we said, it's That's so what I'm saying. poetic. When you drink yeah. that much, what do you expect to happen? Exactly. And it's like as a female, you expect a hangover. You don't expect a fucking man to take advantage right. of you. Like I think for me, like I just thought it was just brilliant the way that she was able to kind of get her revenge without resorting to kind of like physical harm or anything like that. But I wanted someone to die. I yeah. wanted someone to die. That's my trash. Yeah, we wanted it. Yeah, we wanted it. My trash, it no one dies. <laughs> yeah. but, but Erica, what oh, about you? Oh, my trash and treasure. <laughs> I actually have a lot of trash only because I was nitpicking things because this whole movie's a treasure to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could it be? Could it be? Uh, trash. Men. Uh, That's trash. us. That is yeah, us. That the is lie us. detector determined no lies. There were no lies. <laughs> trash. She's not murdering the rapist. Yeah. True. Because the way the, for me at least, the way the movie was projected was obviously it's a revenge film. Right. How long did you think it was her that experienced I sexual assault? I honestly didn't think it was her. I felt like she was detached from it, but there was a certain part where I was like, was it her yeah. that got? I, I felt from the beginning that someone she knew was the one that it happened to. And I don't know why. I think I just felt. I felt. She um, was detached. Trash Ryan <laughs> yep. for doing our girl dirty and being present during the rape. But his dance moves, treasure. His dance moves. White boy dance moves. Um, I trash is I didn't like when Madison said, if you have a reputation of sleeping around, then uh, it's hard to believe you've been assaulted. I can't. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That right. entire interaction... And when they're having lunch or whatever, like it just was so it frustrating was so to watch cringe. because she really does represent kind of like every excuse that people make yes. anytime like a sexual assault is kind of being we've, addressed. We've all met those people. Yes, that like will say those same things or have those same lines or kind of. Did like you be see what she was wearing? Right. And yeah. See what she had to drink? Yeah. Did you yeah. see yeah. who she was talking to? Like, yeah, it's. I didn't like that she essentially kidnapped her daughter but that's besides oh the i point. fucking loved that i think like there's she just has so much like intention in the way that she like plans things out and i think yeah. that it's obviously represented at the end of the movie where she kind of had a backup plan yeah knowing that she potentially could get killed or you know something could happen to her but i think that everything that she did was just so well thought out and that's why it was kind of confusing to me like with the whole like alfred molina part where you know her seeking revenge on him is to beat him up or to have someone beat him up so yeah. it's kind of like it just didn't quite make sense compared to all the other things that she was I doing. I mean, I get we needed her daughter to get to Connie Britton, yeah. but I just feel like, I don't know, maybe there's it's, some other way to do it because that's a legal I mean, she did problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'll agree with you, but I think it's it's another thing. Like, and my this is a phrase that really bothers me and my dad says this sometimes and I've called him out on it, but like people don't respect women's issues until they have a daughter exactly and so it's like my dad was like he said something one time and he was just like you know i just never realized like what girls have to go through until i had three daughters and i was like you have a sister you have a mother you have two aunts like what are you you had women in your life like what are you talking about and he was like well i guess i just never you know saw how different it was for women than it was for men until i had three girls and i'm like I don't That's think, what it fucking took. Like I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think they're as present though until it's. And I'm not. I'm not saying it's right, but I just don't think they're as present 
as when they finally yeah. have that daughter and they're finally but like, they no but they do everything right and their daughter you know does seemingly something gets into a car with somebody which is you know you're taught not to do but you don't expect that that's gonna happen because you raised a good kid and i'm saying this in air quotes but like I mean, we got in a car with some random jack in the box. One, one, <laughs> one out of every three women is sexually assaulted. Like, there's yeah. three women sitting in this room, and like, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah. all of our parents raised us with the best intentions, with the best of you know things, but it's just like, you get into situations and it happens, and it's not until it's somebody that's closely related to you that you care. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the point that she was trying to make. Like, she put her daughter in a fucking restaurant. Like, she yeah. made her sit there. She but the I'm idea, just, I think I'm thinking of like legal, legally. Like, that could go wrong so many ways. Yeah, I could. I I do appreciate that each uh, kind of uh, kind of comeback to everybody's kind of uh, mistreatment of the whole situation was directly tailored to their response. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like, she's I like, like she knew that was my to hit him where yeah. it kind of hurts, where they're going to be most affected. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just like, oh, you know, guys, college, da 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 da. Oh well, uh, I don't know. I dropped your daughter off uh, a yeah. room full of college guys. She's so mature for her age. What did you do? Where's my? Girl, you know, don't like eat brains. Yeah. Like I love that line. <laughs> and like, then uh, you know, Allison Brie, we just talked about you know all that other shit. Yeah. So I, I like that each. Each uh, kind of revenge plot is tailored to that character. Yeah, yeah. so true. Um, this is just me nitpicking. She works at a coffee shop and can afford to pay a hitman. Not really a hitman, <laughs> but like just some Champion random. Red. Yeah, I mean, she lives at home. Some random. Um, this is really just me reaching. Um, it's not that easy to delete your Facebook account. It's not. It is not. It's not. It I was like, really? Not, because dude. I've been trying to delete my Facebook for years. But yeah. Oh my God, it is hard. Uh, trash. Those guys got away with rape, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But they're in jail for murder. Now murder. Well, now so. they'll get three this was, years. This for, was so. yeah. This was my uh, trash before they got arrested. Oh. And my last trash. All this shit, and then Cassie dies. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. Like yesterday, when you when you found out that she died, like I could see your frustration in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like what but the I fuck? Think, Mouth I agape. Think, I just think that it it almost had to happen because kind of like in a situation this is kind of worst case scenario yeah but that also is reality of what actually can happen yeah. you know um Being buried in a creek exactly so yeah my trash was in a nasty oh, wig in nasty <laughs> in wig. oregon dressed dressed like fucking the joker uh, but yeah so my trash was very reaching because yeah the treasure is this movie just a list of other quick treasures other than this movie uh, I, I do love Seth Cohen, not his character in the movie, but just to see his beautiful face yeah. Adam come Brody. across our Adam street. Brody, yeah. come home. And I kind of like seeing him in that like not so good Seth Cohen type character. But he was doing so good. Yeah, and he was. Fucked it up. And then it's, and I think it, it's very similar to kind of like if you've seen Jennifer's Body, he also was kind of like an antagonist in that movie. Oh, he was like the, yeah. the lead singer of the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the soundtrack. Yep. Mm-hmm. No more words. We've discussed this <laughs> multiple times. It's great. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, Ryan, after he uh, did his whole, oh, look at my apartment, I was really rooting for him. So this is before I found out that We're he was all rooting present. For him. How dare you? Yeah. Before he was present, this is when I put him as my treasure, but I'll explain it just because I thought they were in love. You know, she finally got a guy, and I liked their relationship until he broke all her hearts and he yeah. was there. A treasure. What she's trying to do for her friend, the whole like revenge for her best friend scenario is 
amazing yeah. and I told Holly if I was a sociopath I would probably not she said if in quotes <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, I'm a sociopath when um, I personally wouldn't have gone the whole psychological route because I act before I so you'd be think. more I'm gonna avenge by hurting you I would chop dicks off yeah, yeah I would get these guys <laughs> and dicks would be flying I would Lorraine she Bobbitt would Lorraine Bobbitt throwing dicks anybody in a gravel field room, anybody who's <laughs> ever been to that room anybody who's ever seen well, that room well if you think room. about it she could easily have drugged them you know she gets these guys yeah. to take her home she could have easily drugged them let them know that she's sober and the last thing they see is oh fuck this bitch is sober boom yeah. but I think the whole thing <laughs> is like she, she almost didn't want to resume Stoop down to their level, so that's why wanna, a lot yeah, of her revenge. Yeah, you fire with fire. I yeah. would have though, because I'm yeah. psychotic. Right. I'm exactly. petty, so I will. Yeah, because <laughs> you're a messy. Especially bitch. if my best friend <laughs> killed herself over this, like yeah. you better believe. And then I told Holly, I was like, okay, but realistically, because I'm not really a, a sociopath, I would just pursue legal action and blow up all the courts yeah. until action was taken. So. Yeah, but it's kind of like we see time and time again, in which like Brock, said, Brock Turner, Turner yeah. you know, a lot of times you justice is not served. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just there's such a miscarriage of justice when it comes against crimes against women that it's just like sometimes like fuck it I, if somebody did this to you I would become unhinged I feel yeah, like, yeah. like and not to speak in that narrative but what I'm saying is I wouldn't fucking resort to the courts yeah because I don't feel like justice yeah, would be served exactly like, so it's someone's like brakes are getting she cut she took it to her own hands exactly like who knows Jesus yes. take the wheel Jesus, okay. Jesus take the wheel, <laughs> take the wheel. <laughs> we cannot use this as incriminating evidence against us please this is all hypothetical <laughs> <laughs> We're not really doing this, Disclaimer, guys. Disclaimer, yeah. So if you rate my best friend, just know it's coming. Just, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> um, I do like, like Kern was saying, um, I'll keep it short, just how every single person that she approached, um, she approached them with the same exact like reaction like that they had. So yeah. like you said, Madison, oh, she was just drunk. You know, if you're sleeping around, got her drunk or fucked her up. Uh, Connie Britton, oh, well... She was in a room with a bunch of boys, yeah, like exactly. dropped off her daughter. The lawyer. The lawyer. Yeah, just all of it. I liked how she messed them up psychologically, and yeah. that was her form of revenge. Totally. But she was also really like, and, and the thing that I'll say about this is she was also, and I think, again, this is me being gender biased, but I also think she had a feminine quality about it where she was human. Yeah. Yeah. And so with like the lawyer, like she recognized that he had remorse, and she recognized that he realize the error of his ways like he was remorseful and he felt so sorry for the things that he had done but it's just like even with connie Britton, like she fucked with her a little bit but then she was like but was also like no she's she's fine yeah like if i was carrie mulligan in these situations i would have literally put her in a room with college guys (laughs) and i would have actually done that yeah and let it happen like i would have fucked up i would put her in a room yeah and (laughs) also don't incriminate me on that one either yeah i was like that is a child yeah i think it's just because imagine this movie if it was a, a male lead character it's kind of oh. like it would be literally just like an action movie where he's killing people up it you know would, what I mean uh, Taken yeah <laughs> so it's kind of it like be, or it would be the, the Denzel Washington one where he's getting redemption for the girl that got killed Man, yeah. Man on Fire Man on Fire yeah. yeah. oh so I, I think that, that the fact that it's obviously a female led movie it, there's a little bit more tact the German Shepherd photo above the <gasps> fireplace Oh, <laughs> I cried. I know that's treasure. <laughs> also triggered from that. I'm sure. I triggered. I cried. <laughs> Eric's like, "Why are you crying?" I was like, "Yeah." Anyways, um, why are you not? <laughs> <laughs> I love that they were arrested at the wedding. That was fucking beautiful. beautiful. Chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah. chef's kiss. Uh, scheduled 
text messages, I was also that very doesn't confused. Exist. <laughs> but I need that in case Yet. I get murdered. <laughs> Yet. So that, yeah. that was some pretty little wires. And I like how it was like <laughs> like a Nokia phone from like the like it wasn't yeah. like a it wasn't like <laughs> can I play snake on that? Yeah. Hey, where are we getting schedule. these pink bubbles from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who has pink bubbles? What's that? Pink bubbles. Yeah, like in well, the text. Google phones. But I will say, I kind of, I almost like like that because I think sometimes you look back at like shows and stuff and you can tell what year it was made because yeah. they have like the first iPhone or right. like a flip phone or like whatever. And so yeah. it's like, let's do something that nobody's ever seen and then maybe it's kind of ambiguous. Yeah, it's kind sort of almost of thing. like timeless, I guess you could say. Cause it's there really you go. Cell timeless. Phone. Yeah. Okay. But can't you, you can schedule emails to be sent, right? Yeah. So like, I wonder if you could schedule an email to be sent to a mobile phone, phone mm. number you can send you can send you can send texts via email i remember like on older phones you could send you could use your email to send a text to somebody on their phone i believe but i don't know how that would work today but yeah. or they they probably just made it up for the sake of the yeah plot, i mean honestly maybe. i don't know it was great we liked it yeah like it served its purpose and i think that I just like the yeah. idea of him at a wedding getting a text from a dead person right. or somebody who he thought had disappeared yeah. or somebody who he thought like and his his face like he immediately started looking around yeah. and my romantic ass was like she's, she's gonna pop up <laughs> she's gonna show up the like, crowd was, pops yeah. you're wearing a purple dress <laughs> also another callback to another movie yeah we, we, we love my best friend's wedding <laughs> um, yeah so the wedding was great Elizabeth said this earlier. Um, the whole Joe discovering the dead body without, like, I didn't know how to feel because I laughed hysterically and I know I shouldn't have, yeah. but it was, because prior to that, I had to leave the room yeah. during this murder scene, but I, I don't know why I laughed. I think it just, and it speaks volumes too, because it's like you literally five minutes before that, you were so distraught about what was happening on screen. And then literally two minutes later, you're laughing. Yeah. You know like, so it's kind of like, it really, then, it really takes you through it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was also like with that scene, extremely awkward, the yeah. way that he physically comforted his friend. Yeah. It was very weird. Like he like lurched Their over feminist. a dead it was, body. It was crazy to, to hug me just him. How like casually they were talking. You know but I mean? feel like that's just the assurance that they've had because they're entire. Like he raped somebody in college. Yeah. His friend raped somebody in college and got away with it. Yeah. And it's just in front like, of people. Yeah. And it's just like there's video recording of it. And it's just like they got away with that. And it's just like they, you know, she left school and so now he's saluted. Like he's magnum cum laude. Yeah. Like. He's gotten away with he shit his free. entire life. So it's like, this is just the next thing he's going to get away with. Right. Like, and he didn't. How do we navigate this? How do we, how do we solve this? Like, because there's, you know, a solvable way to deal with murder. Um, my last two, Holly and I have those necklaces. We you really do. do. We really do. I was going to wear it today. Well, how come uh, we don't got necklaces? Because you're not best friends. I mean, do you want a necklace? We can buy bracelets and shit. We can buy bracelets. Lightsabers. Get anklets. We should get lightsabers. <laughs> toe, rings. Get toe rings. <laughs> <laughs> Matching toe rings engraved. Well, no, we like legit have those necklaces. We can we get swap meat airbrush t-shirts? Yes. <laughs> yeah, with Tweety Bird in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the ending song, because that's one of mine and Holly's songs. Yeah. No, she likes, it's just call me Angel of the Morning. So she likes to video me sleeping to a video montage of that song. But it's when beautiful. I heard it, I was like, it's not the song. Because like, it starts off in a way that you're like, okay, this is some yeah. 80s slash 90s ballad that's about to play. And then and then it started, and I was just like, call me. Yeah. It's that. Scream. Here she is. Yeah. 
that's it. That's all my trash and treasure. Because the whole film itself was a treasure for me. Great. So, how much are we paying for this movie? Holly. Carwin asked me today when I showed up. He's like, did you like the movie? And I didn't have an answer. Like, I was just like, I just don't know how I feel about it. Like, I watched it by myself. I didn't have somebody to kind of gauge their reaction. So, I literally watched this really impactful movie to me that I resonated with in such a way in a silo. And so, I don't feel like I got the full experience. But then talking about it with you guys and like realizing like the impact it had on each and every one of us it's kind of led me to the direction where I feel like it would lead me and so I struggle between like 15 and 20 because I I loved it like I'm sorry I really enjoyed it like the 5.99 I spent well spent spent. like I would I would watch it again I would recommend it to friends I'd recommend it to family I'm gonna say 15 anybody who doesn't understand a lot of what women face in society today. Yeah. And granted, it does not address every single issue. It doesn't match every single issue that women face today. But it's a lot of that double standard, a lot of that unattainable expectation of what it means to navigate in this society. Mm-hmm. Right. And I adored it. And it didn't, it didn't do it in like an in-your-face, fuck men type right. of way, but it made you almost have that reaction of like, yeah. So I love that. Elizabeth? I feel the same way as Holly. I struggled between 15 and 20. I think I generally rate movies lower because I don't like movies, period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, I, I, I have this strong feeling that most movies can be summed up in, like, a paragraph, and I didn't waste two hours of my life yeah. watching it. That's just how I feel. So, I think I'm going to go 15. It has so many good qualities to this movie. I don't know what I would need for it to be a 20. Honestly, I can't think of like things that it would need to improve. Men maybe, dying. <laughs> maybe men dying. That's, that's weird to say out loud. Um, to maybe men dying would, would give it a higher score. But also I think more of those points where like you don't know whether to laugh or be yeah. frightened like they had that but I wish there was more parts in the movie where I like felt that awkwardness because I realize that I really do enjoy that about a movie yeah um, when it's this very specific genre so I'll say 15 Kyle for me like I <laughs> when I saw the movie like when I saw the trailers I literally went out of my way to watch this movie for 1999 so fully, we need to I, know I fully paid $20 Ooh. to rent it oh. not, not only that but also last night I paid another $5.99 to watch it again you're paying $25 I fully spent twenty, <laughs> yeah, $25, $26 just to watch this movie and I think that you know the thing that I like the most about it is just the way that, you know, it does spark a lot of conversation. It is a movie that, you know, I think that we all kind of have different takeaways from it and mm-hmm. they might all be different. So I really enjoyed it. I love the performance. I almost think that it was a little bit underrated. And I think a part of that is because it didn't have like a theatrical release. Um, but damn you, COVID. Damn you, COVID. But I think needless to say, I, I loved it and I, I would give it a full 20. So wow. I've, I've never done that before. I was borderline. You gave yeah. it 26, so. I technically gave it a 26, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kerwin? Uh, I'm going to go 20 on this. Yes. Um, yes. I don't think I've ever been on a podcast where you've given something 20. Um, you know, I was, I was kind of debating. 15. Oh. I was kind of debating, um, like, do I give this a 15? Do I give this a 20? But 
I'm not gonna lie, like the last two reviews we did prior to this, um, I've given movies 20, and I, I never give fucking movies 20s. You but never like, do. But like we, like I was having a conversation with Dominic on the Fast and Furious episode with everybody, and we're just kind of like, what is what is a $20 movie? What pre- what prevents you from giving a really good movie $20? And for me, I'm just like, when, I, when I'm done watching a movie, I am thoroughly impressed, shocked, and I'm just like, what the fuck did I just watch? And like, when I watch a $20 movie, I'm just like, damn, I wish I would've bought this instead of renting it. And that's that's literally how I feel about this movie. Like, I wish I would've bought this. We did Whiplash earlier this morning, and I'm like, why didn't I just buy this instead of renting it? Like, it's so fucking good, and and that's kinda how I felt about this movie. Like, y'all woke up at 6 a.m. and your boy was not drowsy. That's commitment. Like, that's that's how I felt. Like, I was, I was, I was wide awake. I was woke, as the kids say. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah, I think um, just talking with y'all, trying to, and I appreciate being on this episode with with all of you, because I feel like, um, you know, often, you know, and I, we watch movies together sometimes. And if I watch a uh, like a female centric or a movie aimed at women, like I try to get her opinion. I gotta yeah. have somebody's opinion because yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm coming at this from a male perspective, and there might be things that are problematic that I need to be aware of, or there might be things that I think are awful, and things might have to be dissected. And so to be on this episode with all of you, you know, Erica, Elizabeth, Holly, like really, really helps to you know understand that experience and you know um you know i compare your notes against mine and and to find that you know the things that you notice in the movie i'm i'm happy to say that i noticed a lot of it but also hearing a lot of the extra stuff that you're bringing to the table about your own personal experiences only enhances my like for this movie so um you know i was debating between 15 and 20 but i think after having these conversations i gotta go full ass 20 like this is a 20 dollar ticket for me Carwin, yeah, but I feel like, but in in to rebuttal that, like I feel like you do the same thing for me. Like I'm able to ask you questions, and I'm able to do the same things with you about films that I don't understand or I may not get the full gist of. So it's a it's a dual relationship, like Avengers. It's like Avengers. You're gonna watch gonna watch Endgame. I've never You've seen never it. You've never watched Endgame. You've never seen it. So. Guys, we're, we're going to do a full-on extra credits where Holly <laughs> gives her reactions to each Marvel movie one by one. I've seen maybe we like two or three of them. We should put Endgame on right now. No, no, because she, she, she won't feel anything because she hasn't seen the I other movies. I haven't yeah. You've never the, seen it. I mean, Infinity what? War or nothing. Mm. What the fuck? All right, all right, all right. Erica. Okay, so I, you, right, I watched Avengers. I watched Age of Ultron. That's a terrible so. movie. Don't, I don't watch that. Think so. So I th- I watched Iron Man. I watched Iron Man two. I've watched Captain America. I've watched Avengers. Was she on that phase one? But yeah. that's I'm literally yeah I'm literally Door. phase one. And so Kerwin, every single time I say I've never seen Endgame, he's like, I'm coming to your house. We're gonna fucking bunker down. We're gonna watch movies. And I was like, can we have snacks. And he's like, yeah, we can have snacks. And I was like, let's do it. Oh my god, Ritz biscuit cheese happens. or peanut butter. Huh? Ritz bits with cheese or peanut butter? Peanut cheese. butter. Cheese. Peanut butter. <gasps> oh. <laughs> House divided. <laughs> House divided. We'll um, have a $20 ticket sleepover where Holly gets endgamed. Right. Wait, that sounds like a porn. That does. <laughs> Promising young endgame. Oh, no. Um, five. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh uh, my God, I, I, I was like about to be like, no. guys. <laughs> I, I went back between, like Elizabeth said, I'm not really a fan of movies, to be completely honest with you. It, it takes a lot for me to watch a movie. Endgame. I'm not. We go to the movies like all the time. Because you pick the movies I want to see. No, but sometimes you text me and you're like, oh, you want to go see a movie? And because I'm like, I pick fuck the movies yeah. I want to see. Well, that's how movies work. No, but you like movies. You yeah, like going you like to movies. movies. You like experience. How often them. do we talk and quote movies? You. Well, you. I don't like like I don't like analyzing like Jason does. 
Oh, like these kind of movies? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. You don't like movies, so I should be think. I don't. I want okay. to be entertained. Gotcha. That Just makes sense. Be, I'd rather. I don't read, but I'd rather play video games. <laughs> That's like um, the third time you said me, that. That made me think. Um, so, I actually went into it rating it a ten, but like Kerwin, after talking and then you know just analyzing everything, I'm gonna give it a fifteen, mm. only because I wanted to see dicks fly. <laughs> That was my only thing. I don't, I feel like jail for them, like, there was not enough. There wasn't enough there. Am I and crazy? I, I feel like I'm no, crazy for saying no, that. No, because I've, we've seen this, like, time and time again, like, mis- like the justice is genuinely not served. It's not. Nine times out of ten. And if they, if dicks would have flown across the screen, I would have for sure given it a 20, like, Kill Bill style. But that's the only reason why I'm not giving it a 20, because I feel like there was still... Dicks weren't flying. Dicks weren't flying. I just feel like there was still something else there that could have been... It wasn't as satisfying of an ending. No, you're leaving it up to a higher power that has consistently failed women. Yes. Like... Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. Um, With that being said, you know, not having a satisfying enough ending for you, and um, what does that kind of say about our perspective that we would give this movie a perfect rating versus uh, the three of you that have given it a 15 and have kind of expressed that you don't have that satisfying ending. Like, like I, I can I get a critique on both of us as far no, as what yeah, we... yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, a good question. Do you think jail's enough for them? No. I Well, I mean, look, um, justice was served for the murder, but not for everything else that yeah. they have done. Which is a great point to make because literally, you know, they, they're not going to prison because of their past actions with Nina. They're going because they killed this woman, Mm -hmm. you know, at the bachelor party. So it's kind of like they're getting just like justice is being served, but it's not in the way that we originally thought was going to happen. I just had a revelation. Do you think that was part of Cassie's plan to use her death as a way to get them in jail? I would say so, because that tape was going out one way or another. Yeah. I don't think the tape, the tape would never have been enough. I, I guarantee you, like, look. Statute of limitations on sexual assaults right. is like seven, I think, I think it was seven years out, and I think it's almost, I want to say it's seven years in most states, yeah. but. And she did, I feel like she didn't really have anything to live for either. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like her, like her mom was saying, like, this is all you do, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like she, she basically made her entire life about avenging, and it's kind of like that's all she had to focus on. So then to the point where it basically kind of like ruined her at the end. You know I, I mean? think there was hope there for her to get like her mind off of avenging her friend's rape and whatnot. But that when hope Ryan, came from her dating a guy. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm just saying I think there was hope for her there. And then that was all destroyed because that guy was a douchebag yeah. and then I think that was maybe the turning point too where she just didn't really care about anything anymore yeah I don't want to think it was because of the guy I just want to think like she actually physically saw that what oh, happened yeah, that to too, that her too. friend I don't I don't want to base her saying it didn't work out with this guy and that's why she did what she did I yeah. think actually physically seeing the act and like hearing about it is one thing but actually visually seeing it. I think we can all say that. It's just like, you hear about something, but then when you actually see it, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different experience. And I think just from my perspective of why you guys gave it a 20, and I think why the three of us gave it a 15, is like, I see this every day. I experience it every fucking day. And it's like, nothing happens to the people. It's always me overreacting. It's always me, you know, causing it in some way. And I think to leave the ending like it was, it's like, okay, these guys are rich, affluent dudes. What's gonna fucking happen? Yeah. 
They're going to plea bargain. They're going to serve six years. They're going to get out. Like, they're going to serve in some cush federal prison. Like, it's not... It's It never is the same thing as somebody demoralizing another person, taking ownership of another person, and, like, just putting somebody in mental prison for the rest of their life. Like, yeah. there's... You can put somebody in prison for X amount of years, but, however... When you sexually assault someone or when you rape someone, that is something that sticks with them yeah. literally for the rest of their life. So can I, uh, So the question I want to ask is, like, do you feel like we're kind of green booking this? Green I don't think so. I, I think you guys, you guys got the point of the movie. And yeah. the point of the movie that was meant to do, I don't think this movie is made necessarily for women. I think women can resonate with it. Right. But I think it's more so a tool of like you recognizing like these people are catcalling women and then they're gonna get accusatory like when she doesn't respond. Like I think also you guys gave it a twenty two I like Holly said, you guys got what the movie was about. I think you also just gave it a twenty two because it was also an entertaining film for you maybe. Yeah. You know, like it it didn't have to be about, you know, what you learned. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's also part of your why you gave it twenty dollars. But maybe you guys just did find it a little bit more entertaining than we did. I don't know. That's just me trying to make sense of it. But mm. I don't. We don't. We're not. We don't think that. No, no. I, yeah. But I. But I generally want to hear. I generally want to hear that. Like, if there's some sort of critique in our rating, because like you know, I have problems with you know. We we talk about like white saviors and black movies right. and yeah. Green Book winning best picture. You know, when there's other shit out. But you Green know, Book was really good. Let's be honest. I mean, it's great when your eyes are closed. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's and that's what I tell. That's what I tell people all the time. Like this movie is great if you close your eyes. I've never seen it. Like it's it's a feel good yeah. family movie until you realize that. Um, you know, the entire black experience is, you know, pushed to the side in favor of a white savior. Yeah. And that, mm. that is a constant thing that you see in uh, major Hollywood productions of black film. There's a white savior at some point, just like there's usually a male savior. And, you know, um, look, Alfred Molina would be the quote unquote male savior in this movie. Yeah. But I'm actually happy that Bo Burnham's character was not the male savior in this yeah. movie because you needed. I, I think that if he turned out to be the perfect guy and all this other shit, I, I don't think everything would have gone across. It, have it wouldn't have hit as hard. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. wouldn't have like like seeing her hear his voice and see him in that video and how destroyed she is inside was just like fuck. Yeah. Like I, and I'm actually glad that happened because I, I couldn't do with this cookie cutter Kevin Costner in Hidden Figures type character. Yeah. You know, I could not deal with that shit. So but I feel like, like, did you guys feel a way when you heard his voice? Because yeah. I know how I felt. I was like, motherfucker. Oh, I was just like, like, I knew it. I knew something was wrong with I this knew movie. Right. They, yeah. yeah, they got me, gal. And <laughs> like, I literally thought the entire movie been like fall, slowly falling in love with this guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, he's so cute. Like, he's he's truly blinders. Exactly. Put his name is Bo. <laughs> yeah. Bo. We put on our blinders, oh but I think that it made it even just more impactful when he actually was not so great as we thought he was well, going to be. So Eric watching this whole movie, Eric called the plot from the beginning. As soon as he saw like her in the club, he was like, she's not really drunk. Boom. She's not really drunk. Okay, he saw the trailer. Let's not <laughs> give him that one. Actually, Eric has a knack for knowing movie plots and I hate he does. it. He does. He, I hate it. And then so the whole time he was like, oh, you know, she's in love with this guy and he was like, I can guarantee you he is either one of, he, this, because I don't think we knew that she got just raped by one person. I think Eric thought she may have gotten gang raped. Yeah. So he said he's e he's either one of the guys that raped her or he is there involved involved yeah. watching her get raped. Lo and behold, yeah. 
he's there. I think, yeah, we, we honestly should have called it from the beginning because the moment that he starts talking about going to school with these guys, mm-hmm. that he was yeah. friends, he's going to like a, to a wedding. wedding. It's kind of like you're guilty by association at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. The fact that he still goes to the wedding is problematic. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, you know what this girl knows. She has it on video. She tells you you're in the video and you still choose to idiot. go yeah. to his wedding. Says everything you know need to know about this guy. Exactly. Maybe if you stayed home and said, fuck it, I'm not going to this wedding. But no, you knew all the fucked up shit that was happening and your part in it and you still went to the wedding right. is fucking that awful. Bar. <laughs> Trying to get some hors d'oeuvres. No, it takes it take bro, it takes like thirteen dollars to get drunk if you do it right. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Fire no, but it's it's shit like that that makes you think. It's yeah. just like if you were to walk into a situation where something like that was going down in front of you, you can always say like what you think you would do. But if you saw your friends doing that and that's where I go back to like, you need to check your boys. Yeah. Like all in all, it's all a fucked up situation. Yeah. But and you should, oh, I, I, I always err on the side of Err on the women. side yeah. of the victim. Let's yeah. do yeah. that. Because um, I feel like more often than not, like there's so many things to say. This person's gotten drunk in the past. This person wears revealing clothing. This person wore. She sleeps around. This person wore a bikini one time on the beach. She's a slut. Like it's just, there's everything pointing as to why it's not. And there's more claims of sexual assault that don't get believed than right. false reports. Exactly. Yeah. But our society is so like, well, what did you do to make this happen? And it's like, right. no, bro. Like, yeah. Um, so that brings our total to $17 for the average. Nice. Mm. The highest rated nice. one. So far. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. Nice. Ain't no Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> um, but would it be a massacre if Tom Cruise was in this movie? <gasps> oh my God. Can I tell you mine? Yes. Who would Tom Cruise play in the movie for you? Joe. Schmitty yeah. from New Girl? He's the friend. Ah. He's the fucking friend. He ah. comes I, in yeah. and he's like, oh, I, I, I don't know why I picture like, um, what's that movie where he slides in with his socks? Oh, oh Risky, Risky business? business. Thank you. I don't know why I picture Risky Business Tom Cruise, but that's what I picture is Risky Business Tom Cruise. Like he was on a vendor at a bachelor right. party and he comes in and he's like, this is hmm. it. I, I don't know. Like I... Damn, I I might have to agree with that. Even though I like the dude that plays uh plays Joe, um, I might say he could be the dad at the very end. Yeah, that's like, what I was gonna say I don't too. Know. I or the detective. He, I think he could Just play a random detective. He could play Cassie's dad because I I would love to see that interaction with him and Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, bro, doesn't that break your heart? Like when uh, the dad is just like. Hey, you know, we, Nina was like a daughter to us and we miss her every day yeah. and we missed you too. And then, <gasps> yeah. then yes. immediately after she's watching the fucking video with yeah. Ryan in it and I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, that That's shit meant to make you feel yeah, some type it, of way. I think it just goes to show that, you know, sexual assault or rape, it doesn't just affect the victim. I think it basically affects everyone around it because, mm-hmm. you know, when it happens to a loved one, it, then it's an issue. They might they might be gone as well. They might be alive, but you know the way that it the trauma affects you, it can take them away as well. Yeah. 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 I would say he would replace Connie Britton as the oh. dean that oh. dismissed it. Like yeah. I feel like he's got that like now he's a yeah. little bit older and distinguished, and he's not he's sitting down, so he's not standing up. You know. <laughs> um, the desk. So. <laughs> He would be the dean just being like, well, you know, we have to believe innocent until... Granted, Connie Britton was chef's kiss spot on. I think the fact that it was a woman saying all these things made it more impactful. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Basically, she's sympathizing and she's 
giving these men. And I think that's like as a female, I was watching that. I was like, you should know better. You like I was are wiggling. A to your I, gender. No, yeah. she's, she's getting her Candace Owens on. Yeah. No, and I Ugh. just I was just like I was just like you know what it's like. Like what are you doing? Like I was just doing that, and to her friend as well. That's like her now friend that is I've become the part of cool the system. Girl. I must perpetuate the system. Yeah. Anyway, who do you think Tom Cruise could be? I want to say something riveting. <gasps> He's Cassie. Cruise <laughs> is Laverne Cox. Oh, oh my god. Maybe Tom Cruise is Cassie. No, I I need Gail's character. Like yeah. it has 100%. to be. Yeah. It has to be her. Um, I, uh, just real quick, I think that it's great too that she played a, a just woman in the movie. It, yeah. She wasn't a transgender woman. It's kind of like almost like blind casting. It's like they didn't make a thing out of it, yeah. which I appreciated. I I do too. And it's intentional yeah. for that reason. She's right. a woman. Right. Like, uh, this ain't Tom Cruise related, but I know I brought this up earlier, but I would love it if if Laverne played fucking Poison Ivy in the DCEU. That would she be, needs to be a superhero. That, that would be fucking great. Because yeah. that's all I could see on screen. I'm like, why aren't you Poison Ivy? Just yeah. fucking make her <laughs> Poison Ivy. Like, kill bats. Yeah. With that hair? Yeah. Amazing. Like, fucking do it. So, Go ahead, Elizabeth. What if he was Al... <gasps> the lawyer? Oh, no, the, no, the murderer. The, the murderer. The, oh, the rapist? Yeah, the yeah. rapist, yeah. I can see that, too. I can see that, too. Yeah. Like a young Tom Cruise. No, yeah. No, uh-huh. no. I can see that. Or he could be like a professor on campus that was like misconduct, yeah. you know? Mm. That could be like another uh, hatch mark, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of went with the current. Anybody else got anything they want to say? No. All right, seventeen dollars. Not bad. That's good. Um, and uh, so, in the words of Tom Cruise, "Fuck men." <laughs> men ain't shit. Thanks for listening to this episode of Twenty Dollar Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at Twenty Dollar Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to twenty dollar ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero the numbers twenty dollar ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening. Welcome to Twenty Dollar Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch promising young woman. My name is Erica. And joining me today is Holly. Hi Holly. Hello. <laughs> is it me you're looking for? But have you seen the porno that he later starred in, Frankenpenis? What? My dad had it growing up. A Frankenpenis? No. <laughs> like the video, the VHS. <laughs> I'll do yeah, okay. what Kerwin does, Perfect. and then you do the stuff. Cool. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch. Oh, shit, sorry. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we would... Oh, fuck me. Welcome to twenty dollars ticket where we tell you how much we would pay. I am overthinking this. The inflection in your voice. Welcome to twenty dollars ticket where we tell you how much we would pay to watch promising Promising young young woman. woman. My name is Erica, and joining me today on this here podcast, Holly, Holly, how are you? Hey, Hey. can you record it like that? Come on down. (laughs) Elizabeth, hit us with the critics. Critics ratings. Ratings. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. I'm like I was like, I was like critics. Critics. Okay. Let's know what the critics thought. Corinne, do I say um, behind the scenes? Like do I tell? Yeah, you just kind of segue into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's behind the scenes, right?
Yeah, just be like, yo, Kyle. Kyle, hit us with those behind the scenes. <laughs> like, hey, yo, Kyle. Hey, yo, Kyle. Hey, yo, Kyle. Hey, yo, Kyle. What the fuck you doing, man? <laughs> hit me with those behind the scenes. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. <laughs> Goodbye, Kyle. <laughs> what the fuck, Kyle? <laughs> I cannot believe you were a theater. I can't believe you're a natural blonde. I can't believe you're, you're a, a natural theater blonde. Kid. You have this exact response on the podcast. <laughs> it was a blonde baby. That means you could always go so back you're, to blonde. So this is blonde. You're supposed to be blonde right now. Dirty blonde. So it's like dirty. It's like not nasty. too dirty. Clean my act. Bright blonde. <laughs> Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. 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 Dumbledore. Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. Everybody. 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 Harry Potter. Harry Potter. The Harry boy Potter. Harry Potter. Come to die. Harry Potter. Who put your name in the goblet of fire? Uh, over my hat. Okay, so. Where's that Holly talking? Was she? What was I saying? I don't know. You're saying something about. Saying some woman talk. <laughs> <laughs> Promising Young Woman is a black comedy thriller film that was released in 2020. I'm directed. I'm sorry, black. Why, why gotta be black? <laughs> it's a black comedy. Is that, is that a thing? No, like it's a, black it's comedy. A it's a subgenre of yeah. comedy. It was like dark comedy. Like, like dark I comedy. It was dark comedy. Right. I, I, I thought black comedy would be like Medea. No. <laughs> <laughs> Any Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> The words are interchangeable. Yeah, yeah black okay. and dark comedy. Yeah, still yeah. works. Yeah. Like that sounds okay. Terrible. Okay, I'll change it to comedy. <laughs> but it is a subgenre of comedy. It's I like know, a, I just hear black comedy and I think <laughs> yeah, barber shop. I think. God is good. You mean, you mean dark cherry? It's dark cherry. <laughs> Why gotta be black cherry? Why gotta be black cherry? Why gotta be black cherry? <laughs> <laughs> This is all gonna be on the 90, bloopers. Like, oh God! One night, one night <laughs> in Paris. One